Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Full stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. Cliffy. I love you. Toggling your balls. Toggling your balls. Where's the rodeo? Uh, toggling his balls. I like your boots. But just below your nipple. Where are you headed? The biggest one yet. Toggle your balls. Toggling your balls. Fifty shades of gray. Slack, Cliffy. The biggest one yet. Cliffy. Oh my god. Hey there, teacher. It's going to be outrageous. What's my assignment? Your grandmother. I like your rubric. Break down Dale Winslow. Oh, please. Degrade me. Cliffy baseball. Weep this. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Sweet then. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. That's how you get blisters. Womack style. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Hey, firewoman. Bibleopoly, Cliff. Where's the fire? Puzzle, your balls. You're a smoker. The oatmeal tasting booth. Toggling your balls. Toggle your balls. Baby Butter Boy. The biggest and the best. You goddamn Butter Boy, son of a bitch. I can't get out of fuck of you, son of a bitch. To the Womack family holiday spectacular. Your grandmother just told me the good news. Or as we like to call it, the pizzle. Hellman's mayonnaise. The raucous red glare, the bombs bursting in air, and a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. Puzzle, your balls. Womack style. Alrighty. Happy Sunday, everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's getting to the end of the football season here. We have two more games today. And then the Super Bowl. And therefore, we will be close to the end. For all of you non-football fans, you're finally going to get your wish of not hearing anything about football in a couple weeks. But today... It's football time. First of all, let's talk about last week. So I, uh, I, I, was, I was five and one for the wild card weekend two weeks ago. I only had one incorrect pick. And I believe that was the same last week. Yeah. I only got one wrong. And the one that I got wrong was the one that I was hoping to get wrong, which was New Orleans and Tampa Bay. 
I thought for sure New Orleans was going to win. I, how many times have I said I think New Orleans is going to go to the Super Bowl? Uh-uh. Ain't happening. Not going to happen. Green Bay or Tampa Bay will be going to the Super One of the Bays is going to the Super Bowl, but not New Orleans. Uh, so I was wrong on that one. But I'm glad to be wrong because I wanted to see Tampa Bay win. I just didn't think they would. And I'm thrilled that they did. So Tampa Bay beat New Orleans. And they go on today to face Green Bay. The Green Bay Packers, who were victorious last week against... I don't even remember. Was it Los Angeles? It's so long. A week ago is a million years ago. Yeah, it had to have been Los Angeles, right? I think. Who even cares? Uh, Buffalo won their game against somebody. (laughs) That's ridiculous. I don't even remember. Who did Buffalo beat? Holy shit. Kansas City won against a team? I guess it's easy enough. Why don't I just go back and look at who... I'm completely blanking. Oh my god. This is crazy. I don't even... I already have forgotten. Ah, the Bills beat the Ravens. The Packers beat the Rams. The Browns, of course. The Chiefs beat the Browns. I said that the Packers Rams game would be the not the probably the least interesting game of the weekend. I was almost right. It was not, you know, the Saturday games were eh. Packers over the Rams, 32 to 18. Bills Ravens, I thought was gonna be so good. I thought that was gonna be the memorable game of the playoffs, maybe the most memorable game of the whole playoff from start to finish. It was it was pointless. It was you know I didn't. That was seventeen to three. What fun! What a fun uh, score you want for a playoff game. Anyway, the Bills win. I had that. The Packers beat the Rams. I had that. The Chiefs beat the Browns. That was a fun game. It was a good game. I had that. And the Buccaneers beat the Saints. I did not have that. Chiefs Browns was probably my favorite of the weekend. Um, that was an exciting game. That was a game that I thought would be exciting. Would be fun. I thought that was the game. If there was an upset, I thought the Browns could pull it off and beat the Chiefs. And they almost did. And a lot of people are upset because there was that fumble thing, the fumble rule, uh, fumble right in the uh, in the goal line. And so I guess the rules of the NFL, if you fumble the ball out of bounds, the team that fumbles the ball gets the ball. If you fumble out of bounds in the end zone, the other team gets the ball. So this dude from the Browns reached with the football just as he was about to cross the plane, cross the goal line, that son of a bitch got that ball knocked right out of his hands and it went through the goal line and out of bounds. And therefore, the Chiefs get the ball. The Browns lose the ball, don't get the touchdown. It's a touchback. And the Chiefs get the ball. And there's a lot of, oh, they should change the rule. It's a terrible rule. That's that's probably right. That's probably a fair and accurate thing to say. It's probably a bad rule. Like, if you can fumble the ball anywhere else on the field and it goes out of bounds, the team that fumbled gets the ball back and gets another try. And then if you get all the way to the end zone and you fumble before uh, the touchdown occurs and it goes out of bounds and then the other team gets the ball. But you know what? Those are the rules. (laughs) I hate to be that guy, but they are the rules. I mean, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, who's a son of a bitch, but he wins a lot, and here's why. Because he sure as hell knows that rule. He makes sure that the people who play for him know that rule. Everybody on the team knows that rule. And if anybody tries to extend their arms and reach for the goal line, which could potentially cause a fumble in the end zone, which could turn over the football to the other team, 
uh, I think it's pretty well known that he, I don't know, I don't know if guys, guys could get cut for that from the Patriots or certainly get fined and benched and that kind of thing. In other words, you won't be playing a lot of football for the Patriots if you do something stupid like that. Uh, even if it is successful, I think they, I think they come down on you. <laughs> I think if you if you reach for the goal line and you get the touchdown, you're probably not going to get cut from the team, but you might you might get a good dressing down, a good talking to. Uh, and if you fumble, and the other team gets it back, your your days in New England are probably probably numbered. That's probably the last play you're going to make for the Patriots. So like this isn't a big secret. It's not like a secret hidden rule that nobody knows about. Everybody knows this rule. So if you're going to go and be kind of ballsy when a guy's charging at you and he's inches away from you and you reach across the goal line and he hits you and knocks the ball loose and it's fumbled, the other team recovers it, eh, you know, that was that was probably going to happen. It's a, it's a possibility. And that's what happened. And so Cleveland, they didn't get any other real chance. That, that could have that tied the game. Or actually, what was the score? It was 17-22. to 22. That could have won the game. <laughs> that touchdown... If, uh, if they held Kansas City to the 22 points that they ended up scoring, uh, Cleveland would have at least had another six points on top of that. So it could have been 23 to 22, 24 to 22, something like that. But probably 25 to 22. Maybe they would have gone for two, two-point conversion. Uh, could have, would have, should have. They didn't. And the Chiefs win. And that's it. So it's Chiefs, Bills, Green Bay, Packers, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers. Two huge games. On a Sunday, starting in a few hours, around 3 o'clock. I think I know what I'll be doing from 3 o'clock until about uh, 9.30 or so, 10. Because uh, those are those are going to be some big fun games. I, 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 I'm, I'm happy with really, as far as Super Bowl matchups, any of these combinations. You could have Bills, Packers. You could have Bills, Bucks. You could have... Chiefs, Packers, or you can have Chiefs, Bucks. It's it's one of those matchups. That's what's that's the Super Bowl. One of those one of those four matchups is what we're going to see in two weeks. What do I think is going to happen? Well, let's see. Let's get to it. This is this is maybe this is one of the most the Bills and the Chiefs. This is a coin flip. Either of these games, just like any football game, really. Like, how many times have I gotten, uh, you know, one or two wrong in these playoffs? Or gotten one or two wrong during the regular season, and then one week I'll get, like, nine wrong. It has nothing to do with knowledge of football. That's just, it's just you just pick things. Like, when you pick a March, you're in an office pool for March Madness, and the person who picks... Uh, because the team colors are the best, or because they like animals, like Kalen, you pick the team names that are all animal-related, and they end up winning all the all the money, and they win the, the NCAA tournament March Madness bracket pool thing. There's, you know, yeah, having knowledge is good, but how many how many of these jackass experts do you have on ESPN and CBS and NBC and Fox and NFL Network and Sports Talk Radio? And all these other places, and they pick their games, and they pick this, and they pick that, and they're, you know, they don't do any better than I do. Sometimes worse than I do. It's just, you know, like I said, remember when the kids came on? The one, the one and only time that I could get them to do it? And they picked games, and we were, all three of us were within, like, one or two games of each other. It has nothing to do with anything. And these teams, all four of them are so good and so evenly matched, you could flip a coin. 
and say, ah, Buffalo, eh, Kansas City, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, I don't know. They flip a coin. So essentially that's what I'm doing. I'm flipping a coin with, with Kansas City and Buffalo because if Buffalo wins, it's no surprise at all. If Kansas City wins, it's no surprise at all. Those teams are both so good. It's just, uh, yeah, I feel like, and of course this is what I thought with the Ravens too. I thought it would just come down to who had the ball as the final seconds tick off the clock and who has, you know, the, that's it. Because I've, I felt like the Ravens and Bills would just go back and forth, touchdown here, touchdown there, field goal here, field goal there. They just, they'd be within a few points of each other the whole time and just keep evening up the score. That never happened. Today, I would be shocked if that did not happen. And I, so I feel like, you know, eh, Buffalo might score first. If they do, Kansas, Kansas City will score next. If Kansas City scores first, then Buffalo. And they'll just go back and forth until there's no more time on the clock. That's what I feel like is going to happen. So whoever has the ball, <laughs> whoever has the ball when the clock hits zero, there's your winner. Because they're just, they're just going to go back and forth. And with that said... I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen in these games, and then I'm going to tell you what I hope happens in these games. You're not going to like it. Bills fans are not going to like... <laughs> Bills fans are not going to like anything that I'm about to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Nate and anybody else, all my, my relatives, my family, my friends, and I don't dislike the Bills. Uh, you know, as a Patriots fan, of course I want them to lose, but this is like... Oh, just such a heartbreaking amount of time that has passed since these poor bastards. I mean, there's so many people who never even were alive or they were little babies, kids when when the... I mean, we were kids the last time the Bills were in a Super Bowl. I was 13, 14. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. I, I They deserve to go to the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes is probably going to get... He's probably going to come close to Brady, maybe surpass Brady, I think. I think he's that good, and he's such a youngster. He's got a lot of Super Bowl appearances left in him. But I'm sorry. I do think that Kansas City is going to win this game, not by much, by one one to four points, maybe. That's It's not going to be much more than that. At most, they'll win by four points. More likely, they'll win by one or two points. Some kind of last-second touchdown, field goal, something. Or they, or they stop the Bills at the last... I don't know. But I think it's Kansas City's turn to once again go to the Super Bowl. <sighs> I think that's what's going to happen. And I think that's a good thing. Because I'm, I'm probably going to be dead wrong about this. We're all going to you know, we're gonna laugh at how stupid I am in two weeks when the Bills are getting ready to play on their Super Bowl championship parade. But here's what I think is ha- going to happen. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Bills today. Bills season comes to an end. But that's okay because I think if the Bills beat the Chiefs, they're going to go to the Super Bowl and lose. And who really... What would you rather have, honestly? Would you rather have your team go to the Super Bowl and lose or not be in the Super Bowl? Having seen the Patriots lose three times in pretty spectacular fact... I mean, losing to Eli and the Giants, well, whatever. It sucked. But that was a, the first one was a great game. The second one, I barely remember. I lived in Florida, and I just I was like, eh, I, I just wasn't into it at all. I didn't care. And the Giants won, and I just, I don't know. I don't know why. I just didn't care. Uh, I didn't care about much when I lived in Florida. Anyway, 
Then the, oh, then the Eagles. That was that was tough. But you know what? It was sandwiched between two great wins for the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They won that amazing game against Atlanta the year before in Super Bowl 51, the first and only ever overtime Super Bowl game where Atlanta was up, as we know, 28-3 to with a couple minutes in the third quarter. It's over. Atlanta's going to win the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady's done. The Patriots are done. His time has come and gone. Oh, wait a minute. There's a touchdown. Oh, wait a minute. There's some more stuff happening. Oh, wait a minute. Now we're tied. Oh, now we're in overtime. And the Patriots win. And they're Super Bowl champions again. And the Atlanta Falcons look like assholes. Then the next year, the Patriots lost to Philadelphia. It was a bummer. Then the next year, the Patriots, because Tom Brady's done. He lost to Philadelphia. It's over. And then they came back and they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. It's... It's great because, yes, statistically, you can say, wow, the Patriots have gone to, what, nine Super Bowls with Brady? Uh, and he won six of them, lost three. So that's a pretty good statistic. Just to say you went there is pretty good. But as a fan, I'm. it's nice. Yeah, of course, you want your team in the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. But now that my team is, you know, they didn't even have a chance to be in the Super Bowl. They're gone. They're done. They didn't even make it to the playoffs. So I've just been able to enjoy these playoffs. And that's why I say Kansas City winning is not such a bad thing because I think if the Bills get to the Super Bowl, they're going to lose in the Super Bowl. And we've seen that four times in a row back in the 90s. It's uh, too much heartbreak. So they lose today. They say, wow, goddamn, who saw this coming? What a season we had. We got all the way, we got all the way here. Chiefs are going to go on. Green Bay and Tampa Bay. That's tough, too. I don't believe that Tampa Bay is going to beat Green Bay, but Tampa Bay has already beaten Green Bay earlier this season. I think it's quite possible. It, again, it's a coin toss. It is a coin toss. Do I think, will it, be Can will it be Kansas City and Tampa Bay? It could be Kansas City and Green Bay, like the you know rematch from the very first Super Bowl. That's probably what it's going to be. Do I pick Green Bay? Do I pick Tampa Bay? I actually, I'm sitting here now thinking, I don't know. Ah. <sighs> I don't know. What do we have here? It's snowing. I'm looking at the TV. I've got three Royal Rumbles and an ESPN on the TVs, on my screens. I've got the 2011, 2014, and 2020 Women's Royal Rumble on my screens right now, and I've got ESPN. It's snowing. Tom Brady knows what it's like to play in this crappy weather. God damn it, I'm picking... I feel like I should pick against Tampa Bay because I keep picking against them and they keep winning. <laughs> so maybe I should pick Green Bay as part of my superstitious jinx. Now, fuck it. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Kansas City and Green Bay. I don't really like that, but it's that's a fun matchup. It's it's Kansas City and Green Bay. <sighs> Is it Kansas City and Green Bay? It's not gonna be Green Bay. You know what? I'm taking it back. Kansas City and Tampa Bay, that's your Super Bowl. Tampa Bay is going to win. They're going to be the first team ever to actually play in the Super Bowl, in the town, in their home city. Every year the Super Bowl, you know, it's in Miami, it's in Tampa, it's in Phoenix, it's in New Orleans, it's in Houston, it's in all these different places. New York, Detroit, Los Angeles, whatever. It's all, it's all over the place, right? It's usually a warm weather place because why would you in January, February want to have it in... Indianapolis or Minneapolis, but they do. 
for reasons I just don't quite understand. But okay, it's indoors, so at least watching the game you can be comfortable to some degree. Uh, I like the Super Bowl. It should be in Miami. They should they should be in Miami and Phoenix and you know Los Angeles. It should be in all these warm places. Uh, there's never been a team. No matter what city, like whenever the Super Bowl's been in Los Angeles, there's no Los Angeles team. When it's in Miami, there's no Miami team. When it's in Dallas, the Cowboys are not in the Super Bowl. This would be the first time, this is the first time if Tampa Bay wins, that the home city, Tampa, Florida is the is the host city of this year's Super Bowl. And if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers make it to the Super Bowl, that'll be the first time that the home team is in the Super Bowl in the in the stadium. This is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Uh, so there you go. Kansas City, Tampa Bay. I think that's what it's going to be. It'll probably be uh, probably be Buffalo and Green Bay because I picked the opposite. And now my it's it's I've had pretty good run here. I was three and one last week and five and one with the wild card. So my time is probably at an end where I do a good job picking these games. And again, it's a coin flip. I don't know. Green Bay is probably the better team, but in the regular season, Tampa Bay beat Green Bay, didn't they? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Let me look. Let's see. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Chiefs beat the Buccaneers 27-4. The Rams beat the Buccaneers. The Saints beat the Buccaneers twice. The Buccaneers beat the Packers, though, by a lot. I mean, they beat them by a lot. Logic should say, (laughs) because the Saints beat the Bucs twice in the regular season and then lost to the Buccaneers last week. Green Bay lost to the Buccaneers. I I should say, like, okay, well, then go with the opposite because the opposite seems to happen in the play. That's what Tom Brady does. He gets to the playoffs and he wins when it actually, you know, really means something. And that's why I'm sticking with it. I'm not – it's going to be Tampa Bay and Kansas City. That's my belief. That's what I think will happen. <sighs> what I would like to happen <laughs> – I'm just going to, this is going to completely negate anything positive and nice that I just said about Buffalo. I'm realizing as I'm about to say it, I'm sorry. I want to see Buffalo win a Super Bowl. I would love to, well, I don't know if I want to see that. For the for the people that I know, when I, I like when, you know, my friends are happy. I, that's such a lie. I don't like when my friends are happy. I only like when I'm happy. When I see other people who are in celebration and I'm in misery, I just get more miserable. It does nothing to see my friends experience joy. (laughs) Especially when it comes to sports. Uh, But yeah, it is. I mean, listen, Buffalo, what a city, right? There's what's going on out there. What has, what has been going on in Buffalo? Like any time in the last two centuries, a whole lot of nothing. Right. And I'm, I'm not saying that as an insult. I just like what happens in Buffalo? I, w- I went out there a couple years ago, and it's a lovely town. It's very good. Toronto's nearby, Niagara Falls, beautiful. It's Western New York, eh, it's nice. Uh, but there's, you know, what's, what's happening out there? So this would be nice to finally get to the Super Bowl and win. Uh, I, think, I think if it's Buffalo and Green Bay, I think that's the scenario where Buffalo could really, could really win. I think Buffalo could beat any of those, those teams. And win the Super Bowl. They have just as good a chance as anybody, any of these four teams. A, a better chance, I think, than than their than their NFC counterparts. But I don't think I don't think they're going to beat the Chiefs. So it'll be Chiefs, Buccaneers, Super Bowl Fifty Five, whatever it is. What I would like to see is I would like to see the Bills win today and beat the Chiefs. 
because then I would like to see Tampa Bay beat the Packers, and I would like it to be Buccaneers, Bills, Super Bowl in Tampa, and I would like to see Tom Brady just break the hearts of the people of Buffalo (laughs) one more time. Just when you think like, oh, good, we don't have to play Brady for the first time in 20 years. We're going to just go in and just stomp the Patriots for the first time in forever. We're actually going to get have a chance to beat the Patriots and they did and they didn't have to worry about Brady and the you know in the division playing him twice a year is no longer a thing and so it would just to me it would just be absolutely hilarious to see Tom Brady and Gronk I guess but really just to see Tom Brady (laughs) go to the Super Bowl and just break the hearts of the people of Buffalo on the biggest stage of them all uh that would be that would be my wish come true is to see Tampa Bay win. I am happy when my friends are happy. When when my when the people I love actually have success and happiness, it makes it does make me happy, but not when it comes to sports. If it's if it goes against what I want to happen in sports, I I, I could never get happy about that. <sighs> anyway, Tampa Bay Kansas City. And then who wins the Super Bowl? Tampa Bay or Kansas City? Probably Kansas City. Probably. I I still just all year I've I don't see anything but Kansas City winning the Super Bowl. We'll get to that prediction after this weekend plays out and I find out that I'm completely wrong in my picks. Uh but yeah, what I what I think will happen is Kansas City goes on and beats Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. What I want to happen is for the Buffalo Bills to go on and lose to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Uh, so that the people of Buffalo can hate Tom Brady even more and and, and be miserable. Because <laughs> I do like, I like when strangers I don't know are miserable. That that lifts me up a little bit. Again, 2020 has been a horrible year for so many people. It was a pretty good year for me. When the rest of the universe is down, I'm up. So that's why it's it works out well when, when other people uh, have <laughs> have misfortunes <laughs> befall them. Ah, what a what a disastrous! Like right now, probably a lot of people are probably uh, just in general. Even though the first few weeks of this this new year of ours have been uh, real shit, you know, a year ago. That's the thing. We're still inside of that year. You talk about oh, twenty twenty was such a bad year. Eh, January, February were pretty normal. Yeah, there was all this talk. What's this coronavirus thing? What's this? uh, Well, hasn't really come to America. Well, there's a couple cases in the United States, but I'm sure. You know, we have a real competent group of people at the top of uh, the uh, the political org chart here. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they have a game plan. As we just learned this week, there was no game. Literally, there was no plan at all. the The new administration has inherited a blank piece of paper, no plan for the last ten months of dealing with this thing, and it shows because there's four hundred thousand people who are dead. And now the sad part is it gets to the point where it's people that you actually know. And that's really fucking shitty. And that's, uh, yeah. Is it 100% to blame on the president? No, it never is. Never, never, ever, ever is. Uh, but there's a lot of blame <laughs> for the outgoing, disgraced former uh, fucking piece of shit who was in that office before. <sighs> 
The first couple of months, January and February last year, they were normal. Going out to restaurants, going to movies, hanging out with your friends, doing normal stuff. Even the first uh, week or two of March was... Once we got to March, it was like, eh, we probably shouldn't be... I remember going to Boston uh, Garden, uh, TD Garden, to see Friday Night Smackdown. And to see John Cena return to his home, to his hometown fans. And to see Goldberg return to... Tens of thousands of people booing him out of the building, and me and my kids being three of um, the three three of the people in that in that group. <sighs> that was nice. Even then, I remember sitting there thinking, like, "Boy, this seems like a bad idea. We probably should not be out in this kind of public gathering space like this." But you know, we just hey, we'll. We got through the swine flu and Ebola and all this other stuff, so maybe it's not all that bad. And then, a, and then a week later, we went to the nice restaurant that is now closed forever. It was going to close in April, anyways. Top of the hub, overlooking beautiful Boston skyline. All those, all the what's seventieth floor, fiftieth? I don't know how high up. I can't remember. But all, but we were at the top of the hub, enjoying a nice swanky dinner, and thinking, ah, this is probably not a great. We sh- probably shouldn't be doing this, but this is the last chance to do this. And of course, now that I know it was really the last chance to do a lot of things, I'm glad we did. Uh, you know, we lived to tell the tale. But yeah, so it really wasn't until mid March. So at this point last year, we still have about a month and a half before things really start to get super sucky. So we're still inside of that. You know, it's a full a full twelve years of misery. We need to we need to get January and February out of the way. And then maybe when we get into the end of March and more people have vaccines, warmer weather and stuff, not the not so many people cooped up, just, you know, spreading germs potentially. Yeah, maybe it starts to turn the corner. I personally think it's like I think it's another year and a half until anything even remotely kind of normalish happens because I think we got to go through a full year of vaccines and these and now the fun excitement of the new strains the new uh, the new mutations of the uh, of the COVID that's uh, that are now here on our shores that the vaccine may have no real effect on or not as much of an effect so I we I think we have a long way to go I hate to say it but anyway. So, yeah, this this year, 2020 was actually not a bad year for me. It wasn't the best, but it was a lot uh, lot better than it had any right to be. And so far, 2021 has not been at all good uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so I'm sure I'm sure people out there, I'm seeing people out there who are like, yeah, oh. It's, posing in front of their new house and posing, you know, this and that and all these things. And I'm like, wow, geez, it is true. I, 20, 2020 was good from start to finish, right until New Year's Eve. It was pretty damn good. And uh, from about January 4th until now, it's been pretty miserable, pretty lousy, pretty uh, not so great. I want, I want off this ride for a number of different reasons. Things are looking up. Things will get better. But right now it's uh, it's pretty stinky, so it's no surprise that I'm seeing like, yeah, people are having some pretty pretty good things happen to them, because the pendulum is is swinging 
in a positive direction for them and not so great for me. And it'll swing back and keep swinging back and forth. That's how life goes. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Sometimes they're up, sometimes they're down. Just like football, right? Sometimes the bills stink for 27 years and then sometimes, hey, look, pretty good. Sometimes you think they're going to be good, like in 2000, I want to say the 2011 season. And they start out 5-0, and 6-0, and and then they uh, lose just about every game after that. Then you get to 2020, and they win all but two or three games, and they win in the playoffs, and here we are. And now they're battling one more game, gets them into the Super Bowl. Holy shit. <sighs> I, think you, I think what you want is a Bills-Packers Super Bowl. I think the Bills beat the Packers in the Super Bowl. I think the Bills lose to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, as crazy as that sounds. Anyway, I have more to say. So yeah, this week, and I'm recording this on my phone, I'm just, I just haven't, to sit down and put together like a full podcast with the music, with all that stuff, uh, it's just, uh, it's a lot, sorry, it's just a, it's a lot, I've been recording for 30 minutes exactly already. Uh, I'm going to stop this recording and then I'm going to start a new recording because I do, I want to give you some something other than NFL and something other than me crying about oh, oh boo-hoo, I don't like my job there's like millions of people unemployed who are desperate for work and I, I don't like it, no new job I'm sad <laughs> so I, yeah, I get it, I get it I really I really don't like the new job so far anyway uh, yeah Oh, geez, it's just strange. It's some, it's some weird stuff. Before, all right, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to do a new recording. I'm going to stop this recording. I'm just recording on the voice memo thing on my iPhone. That's it. That's the podcast right now. I'm pacing back and forth in the bedroom. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to get water. And I'm going to tell you a quick story about my my good buddy, my racist buddy, Eric. Eric Riera. Yeah, that's his first and last name. I'm not even, I don't give a shit. He thinks Facebook is a private diary, and he found out this week that that's not true. Oh, what a, what a tale to tell. Okay, it's, uh, it's coming up right here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. I guess, I guess I could call this episode 71 because I'm I'm doing more than just NFL. I probably should call it episode 71. After a month, I have things I'm just not going to be able to have time to talk about. Stuff I don't even care about at this point. Stuff that I have, like stuff about Home Alone. Like, who gives a shit right now? Home Alone. What is it, the 24th? It's a month ago it was Christmas Eve. It's ridiculous. Home Alone. I mean, whatever. I guess the fact that the old man didn't do anything to help Kevin, the old man who lives next door, like he saw all the cars leave to go to the airport, you know, when Kevin's family left, run, run, Rudolph. And uh, he had to know, yeah, you know, you, you know what's, you know what your next door, if you have a next door neighbor, you don't know everything that they're up to. But if you see, if you wake up one morning and they're all running out and there's a bunch of vans and suitcases and luggage being loaded into a van. Like, oh, yeah, right. That's right. They're going on vacation. 
Well then, at some point, wouldn't you also look outside your window and see that their youngest son is flying out the front door on a sled and carrying groceries home and setting up booby traps on Christmas Eve all over the house, painting, you know, <laughs> icing the, the, the patio, the stairs, putting, uh, you know, ridiculous uh, zip lines to his treehouse. All these things, you know, with a with a rope tied to himself, going up to the treehouse to put a zip line, and then these two creepy guys in a van. Like at no point did the old man next door. All he does is stand outside and salt and shovel his driveway and his his walkway and the sidewalk. At no point did he see the whole family going to the airport. Even if he didn't, let's say he was out having breakfast that morning, and he missed the whole family going to the airport. Wouldn't he notice? That not a single soul is going in or out of that house except Kevin? Wouldn't he notice that there's, where are the parents? Where's Mr. and Mrs. McAllister? I see them coming home from work all the time, going to work. I see him outside, uh, you know, shoveling the driveway. He's probably a mobster, so he probably sees Peter McAllister, like, with a, you know, a guy duct taped to a computer chair going into the garage and not coming out and hearing two, uh, two loud bangs and a bunch of screaming. Because that's probably what Peter McAllister does. He's probably in the mob. Anyway, wouldn't the old man notice? I don't see uh, that big fat idiot Buzz going out and doing whatever the hell Buzz does, or Pete and Pete, or the sisters, or the you know Uncle Frank. I, I don't see anybody. I see, they had a whole house full of people last night, and pizzas coming, and all this stuff, and I haven't seen anybody. The pizza guy keeps showing up, and then I see him running to his car, screaming, pulling, peeling out of the driveway. Then I see this creepy old pervert pedo van pull in every once in a while with these two guys who just keep driving up and down i mean what the hell is this old man doing he spends his whole life outside shoveling the sidewalk you'd think that he would know that every other neighbor on the block has gone someplace and they set their lights christmas lights on a timer and the only the only other souls in the whole street are these two creeps in a van and a little kid who comes walking home with the bags full of groceries that spill out in the middle of the road he doesn't see this. He doesn't see the same shit that Marv and Harry see. Michael Jordan is uh, is rocking around the Christmas tree, all this weird stuff. There's no cars in the parking lot, but there's suddenly a party next door, and that creepy van pulls up and then pulls away. He's not seeing any of this at any point. He's not just, like, going over and knocking on the door and saying, like, hey, kid. Or doesn't even have to knock on the door. Kevin McAllister's out and about. He's out about around town most of the day. He's going to get the toothbrush, stealing the toothbrush. He's going to the grocery store, getting his little army men. He's outside, you know, sledding down the steps. He doesn't see any of this. And notice that there's not another adult or any human life around this kid and just go outside and say, hey, what's up, dude? Are you like... Uh your parents inside or what's what's going on everybody's sick except you oh no i'm home alone oh why don't you come stay at my house we're gonna call the police we're gonna get this this squared away but for now you know this is insane for you a a 10 year old to be home alone come stay at my house at no point and then and then he sees the guy at, at, at church but by the way how is kevin calling the police or how is Kevin calling Little Nero's Pizza? He has no problem. The phones are down. Kevin ordered a pizza. Can't call the police. And then the police actually does show up 
and knocks on the door, and the old man doesn't see any of this. He doesn't see the police officer coming to check out the house. And then this asshole police officer's response is tell him to check their tell him to count their kids again. He's accusing these this hysterical family of lying. Uh, tell the idiots to check their kids. He must be on the vacation somewhere. He's probably just hiding under the bed, even though they didn't see him at the airport or on the plane or at the hotel or in their rental car. <laughs> he hasn't seen him anywhere. He's probably with them somewhere. They just have too damn many kids. I'm sure that's it. My work here is done. What the fuck? Anyway, in the meantime, yeah, the old man sees, at least has to see some of this, not all of it. He has to see some of this happening. The amount of time he spends in that goddamn shovel sidewalk, he doesn't see anything and think to just like himself, hey, if the phone lines are down, except the one time that Kevin ordered pizza, the guy could just go, seem, his legs seem to be working. He seems to know how to shovel snow and put salt down. I'm sure he has a car. He was able to at least get to that church. He can't go to the police station too. Be like, hey, look, this kid, I've seen him like 20 times going in and out of the house. He's the only one there. Trust me. The whole family got up three days ago and flew out the door on these vans to go to the airport. And then this kid came walking out of his pajamas like an asshole and he's sledding out the front door. This kid's going to, if the burglars don't get him, he's going to break his neck sliding down the steps. Uh, something bad's going to happen. Uh, you know, nothing. Then he sees the kid in church and he's like, uh, oh, well, you better, you better run along now. That's the kids clearly by himself. The old man doesn't say, hey, kid, let's just say, let's just say that the old man didn't see any of this. He didn't see anybody go to the airport. He didn't see the wet bandits driving around up and down the street all day long for a week. He didn't see Kevin sliding, (laughs) sledding on his toboggan out the front door. He didn't see him setting up booby traps. He didn't see him setting up any, you know, setting up a Michael Jordan on a train and, you know, dummies on a record player spinning around. He didn't see any of this stuff. He didn't see anything that Kevin was doing. Nothing at all. Walking home with groceries, stealing a toothbrush. He didn't see any of it. Let's just say, for argument's sake, he didn't see any of it. He's now seeing Kevin for the first time in a week. At the church on Christmas Eve. This old man wouldn't just once think to ask, Hey kid, are you here with your parents? Are you here with your older brothers or sisters? Are you here with your uncle or your auntie or your cousins? Is anybody here with you? Are you here by yourself? Because I don't see anybody else. You seem to have come in by yourself are you okay? Oh yeah, my parents, they're, uh, they're in Paris right now. Everybody's in Paris. I'm home alone for the last week and there's two burglars who are going to come and rob my house and possibly try to kill me. And look, Kevin could have spoke up. He could have said something too, like, hey, listen, old man, hey, adults in this church right now, listen to me. I am home alone and there are burglars coming to rob my house. Can somebody please help me? This is not a joke. This is not a drill. My parents are not here. They left me home alone. Could have said that. Which, again, goes to those memes that you see that Kevin knew exactly what he was doing. Kevin could have gone for help at any time. He could have asked those grown-ups at the grocery store, at the little 
at the little drugstore, we got the toothbrush. Oh, that's the other thing. The old man obviously saw Kevin at the store. How could I forget? When he put his bloody hand down on the counter, and then Kevin, and that's what caused Kevin to run away with the toothbrush and steal the toothbrush and slide across the ice. Whoa! Jimmy, stop him! Anyway, so there you go. The old man sees Kevin by himself buying a toothbrush. He couldn't say, hey, kid, whoa, slow down. I'm not, like, evil. I live next door to you. It's okay. Are you home alone? Let's call the police. Uh, Oh, hey, the policeman who's chasing Kevin with the toothbrush. Stop, police. Don't chase that kid. He's terrified because he's 10 and his parents went to France and (laughs) they left him by himself. And he's probably going to get murdered by two fairly incompetent bandits who are going to start by biting off his fingers and toes for some reason. He could have, so many times, this could have just been done. But no, because Kevin, Kevin wanted those guys. He wanted them to come to his house. He wanted to torture them and trap them and abuse them physically, mentally, emotionally, in every possible way on Christmas Eve because he's a monster. Because you know why? Because his dad is a gangster, a crime boss, and Kevin's probably seen some shit. They don't get into that in the movie. They give you the funny and the whatever. But I'm sure, again, why would Peter McAllister remember of all the things? He seems like a doofus. How does this doofus have this palatial home of his and all of these things and the ability to fly to France and do all these things? And then meanwhile, you know, the guy can't even pay the pizza man. Can't even, he can't do much of anything. He's kind of aloof. He's kind of a douche. And then the thing that he seems to remember is that the garage doors were left open. Why does he know so much about the garage doors? Because he probably spends a lot of time in, the, in that garage. He probably has, uh, you know, he probably has associates come over when he, he, turns, up the, he turns up the generator inside the garage. <laughs> the, the jet engine powered heater revs that thing up, revs up the lawnmower or the snowblower or something while he has associates come and discuss business or occasionally uh, associates come and, uh, you know, pay for their transgressions. Anyway, so Kevin, I'm sure Kevin's seen, seen some stuff go down at that house in that garage and in that basement, probably hiding up in that tree house. He's probably spying on his dad, you know, punching the shit out of some, some kid some some kid who was 10 bucks short when he went out to collect <laughs> collect from some of the local neighborhood mom and pops it's protection money you were you were 50 bucks short you little sack of shit yeah, i'm sure kevin saw all of it anyway so but for the old man the old man is really pretty pretty complicit in all of this in his own way he sees him at the store he's the next door neighbor he has to know that kevin's home by himself he sees him at the drugstore stealing the toothbrush. He sees him at church. By, he's never seen another human body with Kevin any of the last three times that he's seen him. And he doesn't think like, hey, I should, you know, I should go over there. I should tell like, Kevin, hey, come stay with me. Call the police at least. I know Kevin's terrified of me, so I get that. Maybe I'll call the police and be like, no, no, this kid's definitely home. He's, he's here. He's in the house. No joke, dude. 
Anyway. And then the Santa. What about Santa with the Tic Tacs? Yeah, hold on your little paw there, fella. You would think a guy playing Santa who's closing down the Santa's workshop for the year on Christmas Eve, getting ready to go home in his crappy car. And this kid shows up out of nowhere and says, for Christmas, I just want my family back. I know you're just the little neighborhood town square Santa and your your work as Santa is done for the year. And for the next 300 some odd days, for the next 11 months, you just go back to being a fat guy with a shitty car and some Tic Tacs. But right now you're a Santa and you have an ob- obligation when a kid comes up to you as Santa and, and also as the neighborhood fat guy with the Tic Tacs and the bad car. You have an obligation just as a human being when a kid comes up to you and says something as heavy as, Hey, Santa, for family, for, for Christmas, I just want my family back. I haven't had a family. I want them back. You think he would stop and maybe ask one or two follow-up questions? Hey, kid, what the hell does that mean? What do you mean you want your family back? Oh, shit. They went to France without you? Oh, my God. Listen, let's go to the police. Let's do something. No. Hey, hold out your paw there, fella. Here's some Tic Tacs on you. Off you go, son. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, that's that's my that's my home alone thing. So I got that out of the way. Let's see. I'm going through the list here. This is episode. This is episode seventy one. Let's just call this episode seventy one. Costco lady telling me to tell the cashier if I wasn't going to put shit on the belt. This, this is a long time ago. This is like, yeah, this is early December, mid-December. When I go to Costco, as any good citizen of Costco would do, when it's time to cash out, you know, I think a lot of these wholesale clubs are the same, if I remember BJ's and Sam's right, uh, correctly. You, cart goes on one side, you go on the other side. Heavy, large items, leave them in the cart. The small things you put on the conveyor belt... And then the, the cashier will scan the conveyor belt items, and then the other little helper will will make sure that the, the big stuff on the cart gets scanned, but it's too heavy, so they don't have to pick it up. I get it. What I do is I try to arrange everything so the so the barcode is facing up, so all they have to do is go beep, 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 scan everything, boom, gone. The last time I was at Costco, before the holidays, I had pretty much all bulk items. So... My box of chips and my protein shakes and whatever. I don't, I don't remember what the hell else I had. I left it all face up. And I had a couple smaller things. And I said, you know, this is just going to make life easy for everybody. I'm just going to leave them. I have nothing's overlapping. Nothing's on top. I have you know, a small amount of large things. I'm going to leave them face up. UPC code, barcode face up. So they don't, have to, they don't have to take anything out of this cart. They just have to scan. I swipe my card. Boom, we're gone. So I get up there, and I said something to the little helper. I said, "Hey, I I didn't put I, I know small stuff supposed to go on the on the thing here, but I, I I don't have that much, so I left it all UPC code, you know, barcode up, so that way you can just scan it." And she starts like yelling at me. She's like, "Well, that's not up to me. You're gonna have to ask the cashier if it's okay with her." I'm thinking to myself, every fucking time I come here, somebody gets hot and bothered because I didn't do that. There's always something because it's everybody's different. I have a, you know, a thing of grapes. I'll put it on the conveyor belt and they'll say, no, leave that in the basket. That's too big. I'm like, it's a box of grapes. I, you know, so 
I don't, I don't ever fully know because you never know. And for me, as you know, when I go to Costco, everybody hates me and I hate them, you know, because I'm the one who has the guy in front of him who probably has COVID and he's talking on the phone with no mask. And little do I know until a Costco employee comes up and tells him to put his mask on while I'm trying to return chestnuts, which I end up just throwing in the trash because I get so angry and I make a scene because that's what I do. I go out in public. All the public scenes that I've made in the last year have either been at the YMCA or at Costco. And I'm, I haven't been a member of the YMCA since September, so now Costco is where I make all my public uh, displays of immaturity and stupidity. That's pretty much now entirely at Costco. Not so much either because uh, we've we've shifted a little bit, and uh, and now Kimmy's the one going to the store. <laughs> Because I've done it for the last year during the pandemic, and uh, I'm taking a little, taking a little Costco vacation, and uh, I'll be back there, but hopefully not anytime in the next few weeks or months. So, so I'm putting the stuff on the conveyor belt, and they yell at me. She yelled the helper, not the cashier. The helper's like, "You're really supposed to ask the cashier if they're okay with this," and I say to myself, "Why wouldn't the cash? Isn't the point?" of you, your existence on this planet so that you can help the cashier? Aren't you supposed to be the one sort of wrangling this stuff through the through the checkout line? Like, isn't this the workflow that has been created? Like, you, you escort all the items in the basket. And oftentimes the helper, you know, is the one setting the things up so the UPC, so the barcode is faced up. I saved you that trouble. And I save the cashier from having to put stuff on the belt and then put it back into the cart. You just have to scan. Everything's face up. What do I, I have to ask permission? So I looked at the cashier and the cashier just shrugged her shoulders. She's like, yeah, all right. I don't fucking care. And this old lady's like, well, next time you have to make sure you ask the cashier. I'm like, what am I going to ask the cashier? Hey, cashier, do you mind if I save you some effort and time? You have your little helper here to check and make sure I'm not like swindling any, you know, stealing anything under, you know, hiding something underneath a box. It's pretty evident that I'm not, but you got two, uh, two people, it's four eyes, four eyeballs to check my, uh, legitimacy of my, my cart, the integrity of my shopping cart. So it doesn't matter. Here's the, here's the thing too. If I had taken some of those items that could have gone on the conveyor belt and actually put them on the conveyor belt. I would have gotten yelled at. I guarantee you, because that's what happens. Because it's, it, first of all, it doesn't say big items. It says heavy items stay in the cart. So I used to put the box of Lay's chips, the, the variety pack of like 52 bags of Lay's chips, I would put it on the conveyor belt because it's not heavy. It's maybe the lightest item in the whole cart. And then I would get yelled at. That doesn't go there, sir. That can stay in the cart. Okay, well, it doesn't say big giant items. It just says heavy items. You know, if I have a big bag of feathers, like does I, I don't know, whatever. So, <laughs> a big bag of feathers is supposed to stay on the cart, even though it's 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 literally light as a feather, light as a bag of feathers. So I don't know. I, I get it. Whatever I do at Costco, it's wrong. I'm always angry with everybody shopping there, and the employees are always angry with me. I am, uh, I don't know, but I love it. I love Costco. For all those hassles, so many great, great prices on bulk items, bulk quantities of quality items, like those uh, honey roasted mixed nuts 
the best for the Mount Rushmore of nuts, put into a can, honey roasted. It's perfection. Perfection in a can. Makes up for those chestnuts. <sighs> you know, you can't get that anywhere. You can't get that. I mean, you can get honey roasted nuts and mixed nuts and various... Nothing's as good as this big can of honey roasted mixed nuts that they sell at Costco. I'm just telling you, that's that's just a fact. So, okay. Well, yeah, going through the list here. Uh, sounding board, this is too much. I'm not going to do that this time. Pumping hand sanitizer to get it to come out. Oh, yeah, so this, uh, this was over the holidays. I... <laughs> I took my car because my my car just sits. I if I don't take my car specifically to go just just to take it, it's just gonna sit there. It is such a complete waste. It's a complete waste of money right now to have this car to pay. You know, I purchased it in 2017, so I've got. Uh, I feel like I have another year left. I feel like it's a you know it's a five year financing. <sighs> What a, what a waste. The insurance, the monthly payments on this car. I mean, it's not because eventually the car is just, you know, I just own it outright. And that's uh, that's a little, uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks that no longer has to be paid a month. And the older the car gets, the less it's going to cost me to register it every year. It's covered with sap. It's a nice 2014 Toyota Camry. It has Sirius radio installed in it. It's fine. It's great. It has a gas pedal and brakes and a couple doors the sunroof <laughs> the windows roll down uh, you know steering wheels steers in in all directions uh, you know you can make a left turn and a right turn it's pretty pretty nice uh, the fuck is that oh look at that i'm getting a facetime call oh anyway uh yeah what was the what was it so i, I took my car I took my car to the grocery store over the uh, over the holidays, and I had a I had a fresh new. Uh, wait, is that gonna stop? Yeah, uh, I had a fresh new bottle of a pump bottle of hand sanitizer, and I I feel like yeah, and I and I got a great spot. I went to Shaw's. I had a great parking spot, right in the front, right right in front of the store. Came out, got a few items, loaded them into the car. Realized that I didn't, uh, I didn't pump sanitize my hands at the at the checkout, but no big deal because I have a fresh new bot. <sighs> if I didn't answer the first time, I'm gonna not answer the second time. I'm trying to do a podcast. This is just gonna go on and on. I've never even heard this sound. Okay. <laughs> I may have to take a break. Oh, my God. Sunday's such a relaxing day. Anyway. Uh, so I had, a, I had a bottle of... I hadn't taken my car out in a while. And I took it out to go get groceries just to drive my car around a little bit. You know, keep it keep it going. Keep the gas and the, the oil pistons and things pumping. Whatever you do with cars. And uh, so I realized, oh, I've got a nice, fresh, new bottle of hand sanitizer that's just been sitting here I haven't used. You know how when you get a new soap, a new pump soap or a hand sanitizer or something, you have to give it a couple pumps because the hose, the little tube that, that the soap or the sanitizer, whatever the liquid goes through, it has to, you know, it has to, has to suck up the liquid and get it to go all the way up through the hose and into the pump. 
And so you have to give it a few pumps, pump, 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 and then the, the soap or the sanitizer slowly goes up the tube, and then you, and then you can use it. Yeah, well, I was doing that, and I was sitting in the front seat, and I, you know, gave it a couple, you know, I gave it a dozen or so pumps, still nothing. Now I'm pumping harder, and it's just nothing. And I think, well, maybe because it's sitting in the cup holder, I need to get better leverage. At no point did I think of the optics of what I was doing as I grabbed this long tube, this long, this long bottle of hand sanitizer and just kind of put it put it between my legs and then with my right hand I'm pumping faster and faster and faster sitting in the car with a with a look <laughs> with an expression on my face of a of a man who's uh you know who has goals in mind who has you know tunnel vision trying to accomplish a task so my my eyes are squinted and my teeth are gritting and I'm just I'm just pumping away on this hand sanitizer bottle that's that I now have between my legs and just pumping the shit out of it with my right hand, just rapid fire, just pumping. Did not did not even once occur to me as and this is right before Christmas. This is I mean, it's a couple days before Christmas. So so everybody's at the grocery store, everybody's on vacation, everybody's shopping, it's broad daylight, it's the middle of the day. And I'm just sitting in my car going to town on this bottle of hand sanitizer to try and get. And I'm like yelling. I'm like, I'm like, ah, come on. <laughs> why, why won't you come out? <laughs> and eventually it did. Eventually it did. But not until I got home. I, because then I quickly realized, oh, my God, I, I think I look like I'm doing something that's not trying to get hand sanitizer out of a bottle. I'm going to just get the hell out of here and go home and then I'll sanitize. And, and, then, and then, of course, what happens, I got home as soon as I parked and turned off the car. I went and grabbed the sanitize, hand sanitizer. I think I, I pushed down on that pump like once and the, and the hand sanitizer came out. Because that's the other thing. I should have at least followed through. The first act is getting the sanitizer to come through the, the tube. The second act is pumping it out onto your hand. If... If I had just been patient, if I had just pumped it literally one more time, I would have gotten the hand sanitizer to come out. Then I could have sanitized, I could have held my hands up and sanitized them and scrubbed my hands and then grabbed the hand sanitizer bottle and held it up and put it into the, into the cup holder so it would have at least looked like what it actually was, which was just trying to force hand sanitizer through a tube instead of another thing. So anyway, so that's fun. Uh... Oh, let's see. Domino's pizza girl asking. Yeah, okay. I go out on walks. I go out on uh <laughs> I whenever I can get out. Uh the new job is so busy that I, even at lunchtime I don't have time to go for a walk during the day. So most of my walking has been at night because it's just too cold. I don't want to get up in the morning and if it's if the weather's warm enough, I can get up in the morning and go for a nice walk, but it's just it's too cold. I don't want to, so I don't. So I wait until work is over and I go out <clears throat> and maybe I'll do some of my 10,000 steps right before dinner and then do the rest of it later, maybe around like nine, ten o'clock at night. So a few nights ago, I was getting my steps in and this tr- I saw this SUV just kind of sitting there. I'm like, uh, I know what's going to happen because they see me walking around. I guess I don't look like a terribly threatening person. I realize when I have my balakalava and you can just see my eyes and my my rosy cheeks. I just look like I kind of look like Santa. I just I have the you know 
rosy i have the rosy cheeks and i have kind eyes what can i say i have i have kind eyes <laughs> so uh the first guy asks uh, is this uh this building here is this 17 and i'm like i don't know i don't live in this building you know and he's like he's like yeah it's so weird nobody nobody knows what any of the buildings i'm like well do you know every house number in your neighborhood do you know every apartment number do you know every single name of every person on the street you live on? Because I sure as shit don't. If, you, if you're going to ask where uh, my building is, I can tell you exactly where to go. Outside of that, I don't even know the numbers of the buildings next to me. You would think it would go in order. It doesn't. So I don't know. And I sure as hell don't know the buildings on the other side of the property. But I was a nice guy. So I turned around and I ran down the steps and I looked at it and I said, yep, it's 17. That's your building. And he's like, ah, thank you so much. Yeah. Then later, or maybe it was a couple days later, I'm walking and I see an SUV going slowly. And I'm thinking, well, either I'm about to get murdered or, you know, this is either the wet bandits coming to get me, the sticky bandits. Or, you know, this is another person probably delivering food, doesn't know where anything is. And sure enough, she pulls up. And look, I'm not making fun. This is just how she sounded. I like my recreations to be factual. So when she pulled up, she said, excuse me. <laughs> no, that wasn't, that wasn't it. That's, that's Dental Cliff. Dental Cliff sounds like this. That's not what she sounded like. She sounded more like this. Yeah, that, that was it. And she's, oh, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you know where 23 Newcastle is? And I'm like, no, because I don't live on this. Str-. I'm like, no, I'm just out for a walk. I don't know where any... I don't know the numbers or the names. I don't even know the streets. I've been here for five years. I only know my street, honestly. She's like, that's what everybody says. Every time I come here, nobody seems to know where the buildings are. I'm like, well, do I look like the property manager? Do I look like the head of maintenance? Because those guys, you know, if you see a little guy on a golf cart, he could probably tell you exactly where every building is. I'm not that guy. I don't, I don't work for this property. I just live here. I know how to get to my house. That's about it. That's literally it. I know how to get to the pools and my house and the tennis courts. So, you know, sorry. So I've been looking at Google Maps and it just just points me in the wrong direction. So I open up Google Maps and I type in the number, the exact number, what she's looking for. And I'm like, drop the pin, right? I'm like, this building that you're facing here. Go on the other side of that building. It's the next. It's the building next to it. It's it runs parallel to this building. Just go the building that you are staring at. Pretend that you're jumping over the roof, and you'll see the building if you just keep going in that direction. The building's there. Just go there. So, <laughs> and, and and she just kind of looked at me. She's like, "Well, I'm looking at Google Maps, and it's uh, it's telling me it's 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 just saying it's it's just pointing me to the clubhouse." And I'm like, listen, Daffy, I'm telling you on my Google Maps, I don't know what Google Maps you have, but my Google Maps is telling me not the clubhouse, and I'm telling you this is where it's pointing to, and that's correct. And if you think I'm going to just run all the way around the building and go check for you, you got another thing coming. I don't know what you're waiting for. So she's just sitting there. She's just staring at her phone. And I'm like, what else? Do you need anything else from me? I'm telling you where the building is. I'm telling you where it is. 23 Newcastle, it's right there. And then she's like, this place is so confusing. 
Every time I come here, I just, I, I drive around, I just, I don't know where any of the buildings are. Like, well, my map thing is telling me where the buildings are. I live here and I don't know where the buildings are, but I just use a computer that does know, and I'm just telling you. So just go, just drive over there. And if that's not it, you have a car. It doesn't take, it's actually not that big of a neighborhood. You can find it. I know you can. And I said, what are you doing? You're delivering pizza or something? Yeah, I, I, yeah, Domino. I'm like, Domino? Are you delivering Domino's pizza or is your name Domino? Is that, what are you telling me? So I, when I told the story to Kim, I, we just referred to her as Domino. So, so Domino's like, but it's, it's so hard to find anything in this neighborhood. I'm like, yeah, I get a lot of food delivered. And nine times out of ten, the delivery person has to call me. And I have to come out and stand outside and flag them down and give them directions on the phone. Maybe do you have the person's number? You're Domino's Pizza. You, the guy probably placed an order. You probably have a phone number. You could call or text him and say, hey, I'm here. I'm not seeing your building. Where is it? And he could give you directions because he probably knows where he lives because he's probably there right now. So it says if I just go on the other side of this building, oh, yeah, like I just told you, if you go to the other side of the building that I just told you to go to the other side of, you'll find it? Is that what you're trying to tell me now? Daffy Domino? Domino Duck? So, well, is it nice? This seems like a really nice place. You like living here? Yeah, it's, I mean, other than the fact that it's the smallest and most expensive and oldest place that I've lived, and there's one toilet, and they nickel and dime you to death, and I have to use a, they nickel and dime you to death? (laughs) Aside from that, yeah, it's great. It's nice. This is where people come to pay uh, in rent what it would cost to have a half a million dollar house. It's great. It's lovely to be in a shoebox that's, uh, that's roughly the cost of a, a four to $500,000 house. It's awesome for the last five years. It's really cool and it never comes back. There's no return on that investment. But we have two pools, so I guess I'm very, very happy. Yeah, you should move here. What, what's, the, what's the going rate for a, a one-bedroom? I'm like, uh, do I look like the leasing office? I'm not maintenance. I'm not the leasing office. I'm not the clubhouse. I don't know. And I'm, here's what my apartment costs. And I have three bedrooms. And again, one toilet. And zero washing machine or dryer. So you tell me if you think that's a nice deal for you. And if you think so, then fucking move in. Because I don't know what to tell you. So it's, uh, so there's two pools. Yeah, there's two fucking pools. And a bunch of tennis courts and basketball courts. And there's a dog park that nobody goes to because they would rather have their dog shit on the sidewalk. Enjoy. Welcome to the neighborhood, Domino. Daffy Domino Duck. So if I just go to the other side of this building here, yes! Yes! And they, the guy probably won't know what the lease terms are either for these places because, he, again, he's a resident ordering a pizza. And then, she, and then she has the audacity to say to me, well, listen, I got a pizza here that's getting real cold, so I better go deliver it. Oh, should you? Have I kept you from doing things? I'm sorry, Domino, douche, daffy, douche, duck. Did I keep you from your work? 
Because I, I was hoping to come out and not get my walk done in a reasonable amount of time and stand here talking to you about where the stupid 23 Newcastle is and then give you a fucking lease tour of the community. You want me to show you where the, the there's a pool table in the clubhouse too? Would you like me to show you that? You fuck? Uh, okay. Calm down. So then, so I finished my walk and then I was up nowhere near where Daffy Domino was going. And then I see the truck. I'm like, oh God, it's, it's Daffy's truck. Daffy Duck's stupid truck. And I'm saying to myself, oh boy, well, please, please just pull away. I can't do anymore. And so I get up there and she's just sitting in the truck. I'm like, tell me this dum-dum still hasn't found it. So I saw her, I'm like, hey, She's like, ah, oh, thanks again for your help. I found it. I found 23 Newcastle. And I'm like, is, this isn't 23 Newcastle. And she's like, no, this is a, another pizza that I had to deliver. It turns out 23 Newcastle was exactly where you told me it was. I'm like, well, is that crazy? That's crazy. That's exactly where I said because it was exactly where Google said because Google is a fucking service that a lot of smart people put together with a bunch of technology a bunch of money and a bunch of resources to tell you exactly where a thing is on a map and it was correct? That's crazy. That's unbelievable. And here we were pissing away 15 minutes standing there like idiots talking about God knows what. Well, that's great. You found it. And you found this one too. Isn't that nice? <sighs> Not a breath. So... <laughs> So then she starts pulling away, and then she starts driving down the, the road that I was coming up, which is a one-way road. I'm like, I, I, hold up. You might want to go, and I point, I mean, you might want to go that way because this is a one-way road. She's like, geez, Louise, the one, you never know around here. If it's a one-way road, if it's a two-way road. I'm like, well, the fact that it was one lane and you came up this road and there's cars all facing the same direction on both sides, that's usually the indicator to me. But, okay, it's dark. You're trying to deliver your Domino's pizza. You don't, you're not thinking about one-way roads. Okay, fine. And then she's like, thank you again. I'm like, you're welcome. And then she rolls down the window. She's like, thank you. I'm like, you're welcome. Thanks again. You're welcome. Fucking go away. Oh. Oh. This is, this is what you get. You try to get yourself in shape. You try to stay. I've been eating... Not so great since the holidays. It was holiday eating combined with some stress eating. And now it's just stress eating. And so I try to get my 10,000 steps so that at least my weight doesn't... It's not going down, but it's just not going up. It went up a few pounds over the holidays, like like most people do. Three or four pounds. And I'm, I'm plateauing, which is the best I can ask for right now, given my eating habits as of late. So that's... That's the thing to make a nice walk even nicer is to have to fucking stop and give a give a guided tour. Not just directions where some numbskull can deliver a pizza, but then also tell about the, the amenities and the, the, floor, the floor plans and the models and the layout and the pricing, uh, the lease structures, the leasing terms. What else can I tell you? Do you want me to tell you how much it costs for my fucking carport so I don't have to snow? And that I've had for the third year in a row, and there's been no the third winter with no snow. And before that, when I was parked out in the open like an asshole, I was out there shoveling mountains of snow every day with the, you know, with COVID eighteen and 19, 
COVID 15, 16, 17, and 18. I'm sure I had that while I was out there shoveling snow. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make life easier. I'm going to get a carport. And then the snow stopped as soon as that happened. You want to tell you how much that is uh, there, Domino? So, yeah, so that's what's up. That's what's up as of late. I'm just, boy, I'm just. Just banging through some of these uh, some of these topics here. All right, there's other there's other topics. I don't care to talk about them right now. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna turn this off again, and then I'm going to tell you a quick story about Eric Riera, racist Confederate flag sympathizer and former friend. <laughs> I'm gonna turn off this recording. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up with 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 a little little talk about uh, the end of a quote unquote friendship. All right, stick around. All right, so let me tell this one last story and then get on with my day. <clears throat> so this past week, of course, as you all know, it was an uh, inauguration. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the new president and vice president of these United States. And on the way out, uh, Greta Thunberg, known climate activist, teenager, uh, tweeted at, uh, well, she didn't tweet at Donald Trump because he, he doesn't have a Twitter anymore, but she tweeted, he seems like a very happy old man looking forward to a bright and wonderful future. So nice to see. Which is in response to a tweet that he had, uh, I guess, you know, her scowling at him when they were in the same room together last summer. And he said, she seems like a very happy young lady. Something like that. She seems like a very happy young lady. We're looking forward to a bright and wonderful future. So nice to see. Just complete sarcasm because he's a fucking child. He's a fucking sack of shit. And uh, so she kind of turned it around on him. You know, pretty good, pretty good little zinger. Pretty harmless, benign comment. It had over a million likes. So clearly people thought that was just great. I thought it was just perfect because it's a picture of him looking very sad getting onto a getting onto the Air Force 1 helicopter for the last time ever and she goes he seems like a very happy old man looking forward to a bright and wonderful future so nice to see and i posted that and said boom roasted or should i say sunburn and everybody thought it was funny everybody liked it had a lot of good comments and stuff and then uh, my old pal Eric Riera which of course He's now deleted all his comments, and I foolishly, I didn't grab all of them, and I'm so, I'm so pissed that I didn't, but I do have, I do have some, though. I do have a few things. He commented, (laughs) so weird, oh, I do have this, oh, there it is. He writes, ageism much? (laughs) No fan of Trump, but this little snot is too young to gloat. Survive your 20s, and then we'll talk. And I'm like, oh, seriously, dude? And this is a guy. Let me go back. Let me just back up a little bit. I worked for a very large bank in Charlotte, North Carolina. We weren't direct colleagues, but he worked in, a, in the same division. And I would see him a lot. And he was a really fun guy to be around. Just like pretty happy-go-lucky dude. Nice guy. 
that was sort of the last time in my life where I would go out and have after work drinks with my coworkers uh, every once in a while. I, I actually never did it again because I just, I'm too old. I don't know. I'm too, t- I don't, I just, when I left State Street, they wanted to, you know, let's have a going away drinks and stuff. And I'm like, nah, nah I don't want to do that. Not going to happen. So I, I don't think I've, I have not done it since then. Having having that, you know, drinks with coworkers thing, I just kind of, nah, no more, no more. Uh, but back in those days, you know, he'd come out, Jody and Cliffy and the whole gang, you know. I do remember my my going away drink thing that I had with the, the gang from that big bank um, that I actually cried the whole way home because I was, A, you know, had a few, had a few, and B, was unbelievably sad to be leaving that great company and those great people it was really 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 sad (sighs) anyway back in 2015 and his his parting comment was and we went to my favorite bar this little hole in the wall i don't even remember the name of it (sighs) the gate gate city tavern no that's not even gateway 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 tavern gateway pub maybe maybe it was the gateway pub gateway village pub it's just just this tiny hole in the wall. You just don't find them that much down there. You know, they're they're all over. Nashua has tons of just old dive bar, hole-in-the-wall places, which I love. And everything in a place like Charlotte has to be big and bright and big ceilings and open. And it's like, oh, geez, it's just so, uh, you know, there's no personality to any of it. There's no soul. And this was just an old, you know, wood... I don't know if it was wood panels. I mean, if I can find a place that has wood panels, I'm on cloud nine. I, wood panels are just the greatest thing on earth as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it might have had some wood panels, but it was just wood, you know, dark wood, dark. That's, you know, everybody's sunlight and light and brightness. And I want a dark bar. I want a dark bar with dark wood and dark and the bar is dark and the chairs and the tables are dark and there's a couple lights for some nice, you know, ambient lighting. And there's some TVs with the, with ESPN and with NFL, with the games on, basketball games, whatever's on, football games. And I want, you know, a couple tables and chairs and a bar, and that's it. And they make drinks, and they don't know how to make a lot of drinks, but they know how to make a few drinks, and it's just beer and wine and, you know, liquor. That's... That's what I like. That's what I want to see. That's the place I like. So that's my favorite bar. And so that's where we went. It doesn't fit a lot of people, but that's where we went. And we had my final drinks. And Eric's last comment to me was like, hey, and, and next time, you know, when you when you come back down here to visit, you know, because I was about to move up to take a job in Boston, leave Charlotte. And uh, he's like, when you come back down to visit, he's like, next time we'll go to some really, some actual good bars. I'm like, fuck you. This is my favorite bar, you asshole. This is the this is a good bar. I've been to plenty of bars in this little town and they all suck. They all look the same and they have little crap on the wall and you know fish, you know, the big fish catch of the day thing and they have, you know, sports, you know, fo- I don't want I don't care if there's crap on the wall. The only thing on the wall in this bar was TVs and a chalkboard that had the drink specials. That's about it. Maybe a couple little pictures of nonsense. I don't know. I don't even remember. But it was dark. 
and I like dark. I like to drink in a dark bar. Not a big, light, bright bar with, you know, fucking Applebee's-looking trash all over the wall. So Eric was like, you know, just a little little jab on the way out. He said, next time we'll go to a... I'll take you to a, real, a good a place that you'll really like. A real, uh, We'll go to an actual good good place. I'm like, this is an actual good place. Why do you think I picked it, you fuck? Anyway, shortly thereafter... Eric and I became Facebook friends. And the day that we became Facebook friends, I was sitting in the Charlotte School of Music, Charlotte Music School, where my, at the time, five- and three-year-old children had their little intro to music, uh, fun little music lessons that they had. Every Saturday morning, we would go drive up there, and they'd have their music lesson, and I'd wait in the lobby and, I don't know, just play on the phone, I guess. And that was mid-July, Eric... uh, or a little August, maybe, I don't know, right before I moved up here, Eric and I became Facebook friends. I think I actually reached out to him. I, I sent the friend request, I do believe. And the first thing that I saw on Eric's Facebook page was about the Confederate flag, talking about how it's not a racist symbol. And it's ignorant to think that it's a racist symbol because it means so much more to the people who wave that flag. And I said... Uh oh, this can't be the same guy that I've been working with for the last three years, who I consider to be a friend, who I enjoy, genuinely enjoy his company and like to hang out with him and like to have a drink with him. And he's just a fun, you know, always laughing, always smiling, good for a joke, laughs at my jokes. What more could you ask for? And the first thing I see is about, is in defense of the Confederate flag. One of this country's most shameful and racist symbols. And he's defending it as neither of those things. As a symbol of pride. Southern pride and all this stuff. And I, oh my God, it's none of those things. It's a symbol of losers. It's a symbol of people who lost a war a long time ago and can't fucking get over it and need to move on. But it's no surprise because it's people who lost an election think that somehow... They didn't lose an election, and that's the mentality you're dealing with with these, like, you know, MAGA, Confederate flag people. And he claims to be not a Trump guy, but boy, oh boy, you fool me. If it quacks like a duck, right? Anyway, but that's why he went out of his way to say, not a fan of Trump, but this little snot, this is ageism, Greta Thunberg. And I'm like, dude, we're having a fun time here. This is from this week, the, the, the Post. We're having a fun time. What are you, what are you doing? And anyways, back to back to becoming friends, Facebook friends. It was a Confederate flag, and I thought, oh, my God. And then a couple years later, Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, a silent protest that is completely harmless, that is not disrespectful to anyone or anything, that's simply drawing attention to the fact that there is social injustice in this country because when people are protesting... Uh, you know, when they take to the streets, they're called thugs and animals and violent and all this stuff. And yes, those protests, of course, sometimes they do become violent. That's not good. The riots and things, not a good way to do it. But when a guy does something as peaceful and as harmless as possible as take a knee, and everybody says, oh, that's not the way to protest either. LeBron James puts something on his jersey. Shut up and dribble. That's not the way to protest. So there's, that's the thing. There's really no way to protest that's going to make a fucking racist happy except to just shut the fuck up. Shut up and entertain me. Play basketball. Play football. 
shut up. Don't, don't do that. You know, use your platform for good, except when you do try to do that, I'm going to tell you to be quiet and play sports. And he's that kind of guy. He was very, very angry when Cap took a knee. Very, very angry at people who think the Confederate flag is a symbol of racism and hatred, which it is, and also failure, colossal failure. It's a symbol of colossal failure. Uh, he had a post that I couldn't tell if it was sarcastic or not, and then I saw some comments, and it was very, very real. He had a post one time talking about uh, the hypocrisy uh, of <laughs> the hypocrisy of black people because they have no problem using the word honky, which is a racist term. So, to quickly recap, Confederate flag, not racist. Honky, racist. Eric Riera, also racist. He just doesn't think so because there's a lot of racists who don't think that they're racist. Um, I used to, you know, I grew up in a town with like a bunch of white kids and everybody's, not everybody, but a lot of people, and myself included, have these, you know, racist tendencies. And a lot of times you don't even realize it's racist because that's how everybody is. And then you do realize it and you say, oh my God, enough. I need to change. So that's me. I don't mind. I do mind admitting it because it's, it's fucking shameful. But like, yeah, you're a teenager, you're a kid, you grow up, you grow up in a town with all white people. You're you're going to be a little bit racist, even in that sort of passive way. Uh, and some people, not so passive. I mean, there's a... I was looking at my senior yearbook in the last year uh, because I re- recalled that somebody uh, who may or may not have tried to have relations with me in fifth grade on the top bunk of my bed, uh, disguised as a wrestling match, wrote a, a secret code that said something about, like, nine Indians got game every recess or something. I don't know what it was. But it spelled out the N-word. Ha 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 Funny code. Spelled out the N-word in the yearbook. Uh, so that's, you know, that kind of small town shit that's is just as, uh, just as prevalent in the North as it is in the South and the Midwest and the Northwest and the Southwest and everywhere in between. The coastal elite places and the the midwestern cow country it's it's all kind of the same right this this, the states are all purple there's not red and blue states there's just purple states anyway uh but i kind of woke up to that a long time ago and said oh man you know i just you know not not that i was running around saying horrible you know saying the n-word but yeah you just kind of you you are a product of your environment and uh it's just stuff that you don't even think is racist, but it is. Even, you know, just stereotyping things. And you, you wake up and you say, wow, stop it. And then you stop. And you not only stop, but you call it out when it happens so that other people will stop doing it. And that's what I did with Eric. Actually, I didn't do that with Eric. And that's my problem. I just, blo- you know, I unf- I, we remained friends on Facebook. I just didn't follow his profile because it was so offensive. The things he would say about Kaepernick being un-American and disrespecting the flag while on the same timeline talking about the Confederate flag as a great symbol of pride and that honky is a racist term. And then he would have just really insightful, well-thought-out things to say about trans people using bathrooms and things like that. And as a parent of a trans kid, go fuck yourself. And this was long before 
I was the parent of a trans kid, and I still thought, go fuck yourself, you asshole. And instead of just, I just, I didn't want to believe that this was the same guy that I knew for three years, who's such a nice, fun, funny, fun-loving, just, you know, sitcom dad kind of guy, just a really nice guy. I didn't want to, you know, believe that it was the same dude, so... So I just, I, I ignored all of this shit on Facebook. I made it so I couldn't see any of his insane ramblings uh, against Colin Kaepernick in favor of the Confederate flag, against the term honky, <laughs> uh, against, you know, trans bathrooms and things like that. And there's shit that I thought of this week and I've already since forgotten that he also said on his on his comments. And, you know, and then he's just like calling Greta Thunberg a little snot while while also saying that she should take the that we should take the high road and he's one of those guys a racist transphobe who wants everyone else to take the high road oh victim blaming school shootings he would have posts about uh you know this poor kid who was crying and pleading with her classmates to just be nicer to people and maybe the school shootings won't happen i get it yeah we should all be nicer to people but the notion that <laughs> If these kids who were shot dead in their schools were just a little bit nicer to the shooter, maybe they wouldn't have gotten murdered. Fuck that. Fuck you. And fuck him, the shooter. It shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. I'm not going to get into that. But he was, you know, victim blaming left and right. Just ridiculous racist things. Just not a great guy. And then when I went back and looked at his, uh, I looked at the very first conversation that we had on Facebook Messenger. He reached out. Uh, back in July of 2015, can I find it? Can I find it? Can I find it? Here it is. Ah, July 11th, 2015, 1038 AM in all caps. He said, hell yeah, I accepting that request. And I said, woohoo. And as a joke, I said, what's the opposite of Viagra? Because that's what I need after looking at your profile pic. Hashtag sexy bastard. And just a little nonsense. Um, and he wrote back, I have a strict policy of not friending coworkers because of PC and some of my posts. So glad you finally fired the bank. So this is right around the time. I think this is right. Maybe the couple days after I gave notice and said I was leaving the bank. And I, it's so funny cause I went back and looked, looked at this conversation. I'm like, well, that should have told me everything. He doesn't like to be friends with coworkers because of PC and some of my posts. So he knows that he's a scumbag. And I just, I saw that and I just kind of said, mm, okay, I don't know what that means, but whatever. I'm happy to be friends with the guy. I can't wait to see, you know, pictures of your family and, you know, we'll have some fun on Facebook. And, you know, I look forward to coming back and visiting and hopefully hanging out, getting our families together. It's fun, fun. Everything's great because I'm just a naive dummy. <sighs> back in 2015. <laughs> and, uh, and now that, that statement makes just so much more sense. Because, so, yeah, so he, he commented that Greta Thunberg was a little snot. And I said, do you recall when Trump said she seems like a very happy young girl looking forward to a bright and wonderful future? So nice to see. Those are his words. She's recycling his words toward her back to him. He called her young. She called him old. Not sure where the ageism is, but those are both facts. And that's the other thing. He loves to be offended by stuff that's not offensive. Then when it comes to actual offensive stuff like transphobia and racism, he's has no problem with that. No problem shitting on Kaepernick and, 
you know, trans bathrooms and uh, that kind of thing. He's a, he's a f- great guy, really great guy. Uh, so, of course, he picks this. Everybody's having fun with this comment with Greta this week. And he's like, ageism much? How dare she? Literally, she called him old. Is he young? Is he even middle-aged? No, he's old. That's not eight. Calling an old person old is as much ageism as calling a young person young. Excuse me, young man. Excuse me, old man. I mean, what? if somebody calls me an old man, I'm like, yeah, what? If somebody says, hey, uh, next to the, the can of peas is next to the fat guy over there, I'd be like, yeah, I'm standing next to the peas. You're right. Uh, you know, at the grocery store. I, sorry, that's not ageism, dum-dum. That's the, that's the other thing, too. That's the classic. People use terms like that, <laughs> like ageism and gaslighting. And uh, what's what's the latest one? that? Oh, freedom of speech and the First Amendment. And it's people who clearly know nothing about any of these things crying about, you know, Trump loses his Twitter. It's the First Amendment, the free speech. Thank you for showing us yet again that you know nothing about what those two terms actually mean. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. He only uh, incited an insurrection that led to several deaths. But he's not fair. He got his Twitter taken away. Where's his free speech? He should be allowed to do those things. You should be allowed to yell fire in a movie theater. Holy shit. That people are so fucking stupid. Eric Riera is one of them. He's so stupid. And I, I just buried my head in the sand. You know, a lot of people, you know, like racist cousin Nancy over the summer, we had our thing. And other people, a lot of people just quietly stop following me or unfriend me. And that's okay. I, it's weird because it's people that I never actually called out by name. And then they unfriend me when I'm talking about, you know, racists being pieces of shit. It's weird. I don't call anyone out by name and yet you take it personally. You take personal offense to it. How strange is that? Anyways, uh, so Eric, you know, Eric said, if that simple comment, oh, I said, she's recycling his words back to him. He called her young. She called him old. Not sure where the ageism is. You know, if he got fired for being old, uh, that's ageism. You know, how do you, how do you, I don't know. That's his brain though. I said, also considering what Captain Bone Spurs was doing in his 20s, I'm good with it. You know, again, he said, survive your 20s and we'll talk. I'm like, yeah, considering what Trump was up to in his 20s, she's okay with me. He goes, if that simple comment requires that much explanation, it's lost on most. And she does herself and her cause a disservice to stoop to the level of he who she herself, which is so much to destroy, but to distance. And I said, listen, I'm like, literally everybody knows the reference. You're the first who has needed the explanation. A young, smart kid who cares about the planet trolled an old, dumb guy who doesn't. Again, I'm good with it. And oddly enough, her trolling the ultimate troll does not make me want to save the planet any less. Eric responds, odds are she'll burn out with the enormous attitude she's carrying. If we're lucky, it'll be carbon neutral. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Seriously, though, not too worried about you, me, or Trump being discouraged by it in our habits. More concerned about the millions of kids who are looking at to her as a role model. I'm like, oh, here we go. The kids. Won't someone think of the kids? Think of the children. Bottom line, take the high road, especially when dealing with an immature adolescent like Donald Trump. I said, okay, so to recap, one, won't someone think of the children? Two, always take the high road. Three, Greta is a little snot. And the worst outcome in this scenario is that millions of kids will blindly follow someone to the point of calling an old man old. The horror. Considering 
what the last four years has given us. It's not the children I'm worried about blindly following a shitty person with a bad attitude who will inspire them to do bad things. Pretty simple. So then he came back. Ah, see, I don't think I have his response. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think I, I don't think I grabbed his response in time. No, he came back with something. And just again, you know, she has an attitude. Greta, Greta, in his universe, all the things that Trump has done, inciting insurrection and the violence that came out of his words, from his words, and the failed pandemic response and all the, the shittiness of his presidency and all the evil, horrible things that he has said long before he was even president. Greta Thunberg, a climate activist... <laughs> who called him an old man and just in one last, you know, little mic drop burn that is quite harmless, said, ah, there's a happy old man. Wish him all the best in the future or whatever it was. Turning his words about her back on him. That's all she did. And he's, that's the part that he's offended by. And that's the thing. But that's, that's on brand for him. Because again, offended by the term honky, not offended by the Confederate flag, offended that Greta Thunberg called Trump old, not offended by anything that he's said. At least, you know, and you have to base that on the things that people write about on Facebook, right? If you're silent during an insurrection and then you're mad because of, you know, a stupid picture where she calls him old and twists his words back on him in a pretty humorous, clever little way, and you're pissed about her attitude, I mean, that's that says it all, right? So anyway, so I... So I you know, I called him out and then, <laughs> then I said, let's see, where is, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like, you try to be an asshole on social media, get called out, then try to make yourself the victim and call the other person a bully for calling you out. That's like the classic move of these people. It's the same thing. It was the same thing with racist cousin Nancy, she called me out. I didn't, I fucking, that's the thing. I leave people alone. I just don't follow your profile. We'll remain friends because we have a history and I don't want that to crash and burn despite your fucking overt racism and general shittiness and just astounding stupidity. I want that to keep going. I want the friendship to keep going despite all of that, which makes me an idiot which makes me just as bad as you in some case, in some regards. But I think back to like the good times, right? You think, ah, oh, that's the person, but it's the same fucking person. You just didn't know it then. Social media just made you aware of how stupid and horrible a lot of these so-called great people are that you thought were so great and were thought were such good friends or family members or whatever. So, but the same thing. Nancy, racist Nancy, called me out last summer fucking tagged me in some posts about black lives matter and she's peaceful protesters my ass and then i just fired back i just fired back with a bunch of videos of the police just you know knocking down an old man knocking down a girl who's just standing in the street violently you know plowing into people with their cars who are standing on the other side of a barricade you know shooting the bullets the rubber bullets the the protesters trump with the bible so he could pose up with an upside down bible shooting a priest to go pose at the just all this stuff that nobody brings up yeah there's like what what was it like 5% i think of the of the protests over the summer turned violent that's 5% too much you know but like there's a there's a much bigger issue here 
And then you're going to, and then you're going to say nothing when there's a riot at the Capitol and these people get inside the doors and they're trying to actually kill elected officials. Like what? What? And then your biggest, your biggest grievance is that Greta Thunberg said the president was an old man. And now you're going to try to turn it on me. I'm the actual bully. I'm this, I'm the one who's gaslighting. So he said some stupid thing, which I clearly, ah, I'm so pissed that I didn't grab the screenshot. I was, I was too late to get it, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get, uh, I didn't get his response, but I got my response, which was, or did I? I did, nope, I didn't get my response either. He said something, and then I went back, because he, he alluded to, he came back and he said, like, uh, you know, based on your Facebook post, you like to, you know, you like a good burn, you like this, you like that, and you, you know, you like to bully people or something like that, and I'm like, I don't fucking bully people on Facebook, I fucking call people out when they're either spreading lies or fucking racist, that's what I do. Sorry if you think that's bullying, but it's not, you fucking racist coward. So, uh, so I, I did mention, I said, yeah, well, based on your Facebook activity, we know how you think about, we know, I know how you feel about the Confederate flag and Colin Kaepernick and trans lives and the word honky. I didn't say what his thoughts were. I just said, I know how you feel about these things. Didn't, I said, I'm still going to fucking do you a favor and not share any of that information. This isn't information that I fucking stalked his profile. This is just what I know. Because these are the reasons that I never followed him on Facebook. Because I wanted to, in my mind, I wanted to believe that he's a better person than he actually is. And he's not at all. He's even worse. He's just a little, sad, little racist guy from Florida. Uh, with a nice house and a nice job and a beautiful little family uh, of children who are hopefully not, who don't think, hopefully don't think the way that he thinks about things. Anyway, um, he... <laughs> So to, to his response to me just alluding to his previous Facebook activity, he says, I thought we were better friends than this. Out of the numerous posts you've made that I have agreed with or liked, to disagree once and take the time to actually back up my position. Huh? And then for you to make a pretty cowardly attempt to poison the well by making specific false claims about me personally is a real breach of trust. Using our friendship on Facebook to stalk me and make those kinds of hurtful claims. I think many of your friends on Facebook should take notice that their trust might not be safe with you. Yeah, it's not safe with me. If you're going to be a racist, your trust is not safe with me. I just want, I want anybody listening right now who's friends with me on Facebook, if you're going to be a fucking racist, you can't trust me. Just like all those people who stormed the Capitol had friends and family members who turned them in to the FBI because of their social media activity. You can't trust them either, I guess. I guess they're just bad friends, bad cousins and nephews and nieces. <laughs> if I mean, sorry. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna fucking be in favor of the Confederate flag, I thought I did a pretty good job for five years of keeping your little secret safe, which is, you know, what an asshole I am. I should have unfriended you right then and there or called you out or something, but I didn't. Uh, I knew this day was coming because I knew eventually I was going to call his ass out because he's a fucking turd. Uh, but he, you know, you've, <laughs> so anyways, many of your friends on Facebook, should take notice that their trust might not be safe with you. You've really taken a page out of the gaslight and dog whistle handbook. Truly evident that as our president spoke of yesterday, we have a long way to go, apparently for liberals as much as conservatives. Well, dickhead, I'm not a conservative and I'm not a liberal either. 
because I'm not, you're not born into either of those things. We created that shit. So fuck you and take your fucking conservative liberal bullshit ass out of here. He says, he finishes with, it appears that you are playing the social media bully now. <laughs> oh God. Talk about gaslighting. And I just responded, better friends than what? Insulting a kid than getting called out for your hypocrisy? Dude, I remain friends with you on Facebook despite your offensive posts because the friendship we developed years ago actually mattered to me. And I wanted to believe you're better than some of your previous posts. So I actually haven't followed your Facebook activity in years. Literally the opposite of stalking. I just have a good memory. Parenthetically, I add here, I have a good memory for racism. And it's pretty hard to forget some of the shit that this asshole said. Anyway, like my first memory of the day we, came, we became Facebook friends, I read your thoughts on a certain topic and said, is this the same guy from work who I absolutely adore and have shared so many laughs with over the years? I don't generally unfriend, and I like to believe people are better than their posts, which is why I'm not hot and bothered by Greta, quote, bullying Trump. So yes, yeah, sorry I referred to them, but if you're more upset that I remember the ridiculous things you've said on this platform than the fact that you've said them, then that's on you. That's on you. Also, Facebook ain't your private diary. And then I said, uh, what false claims have I made? What trust have I breached? You referred to my Facebook posts and I did the same. Nothing specific, but you're upset that I even referenced. But if you're upset that I even referenced those posts without specific details, you've revealed more about yourself than I have. Remember, Eric, you jumped down here and called a kid a little snot in response to a silly tweet, and then in the same breath asked why we can't all take the high road and get along. So don't come at me with that some friend you are nonsense because I'm a goddamn great friend. And you can post whatever you want on my wall, but I'm going to call you out. And if you don't like me vaguely referring to things you've actually said when I'm pointing to how your be nice to assholes narrative is a tad tone deaf and think that makes me a shitty friend, then that's also on you. Uh, it should also be noted that my buddy Mike, I did, I was able to get this. <laughs> yeah, Mike Mike Correa nailed this. Step one, gin up some selective outrage for the phantom bone spur menace. Step two, get called out for said selectivity and through public posts and common sense slash manners also called out for rampant hypocrisy. Step three, realize that what they've done slash said has revealed a major flaw in any moral high ground they thought they were on. Step four, quote, how can you do that to me? I'm the victim. And that that nails it. That is the four-step process because that's exactly what happened to Nancy. She's a racist who called me out and I fucking called her ass out. And then she unfriended me and she deleted all of the posts, all the things called me out <laughs> and uh, deleted everything, then unfriended me, and that's it. It's over because that's what happens. They, they call you out or they tag you in something, some fake outrage at a nothing, you know, a minor incident or something that pales into comparison to the bigger picture. I fucking shut them down. They can't stand it, so they start grabbing and reaching for things that just either aren't there or just make them look even stupider or even more racist without even knowing it. Then the next step, unfriend me. Call me <laughs> keyboard cowboy, computer cowboy, whatever Nancy. There's always like an insult, like the kind of thing you would expect to hear like on the Hannity show or something. You know, some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of alliteration, some sort of, you know. Something along the lines of, you know, a crooked Hillary. Oh, you're a computer cowboy. You're some kind of coward. 
you're a liberal coward. <laughs> no, dude, I'm, I'm really not. That's why I'm fucking coming back at everything you say. Because some, some people would just delete the post and move on with their lives or just ignore it. Not me. I, I can go fuck yourself. Uh, anyway, so he promptly, before I could even post those last two things that I read, he deleted all of his posts which is usually when, you, uh, when you're in a good place in the argument, why would you delete your posts? If he had me dead to rights, if he had me in checkmate, why delete your posts? He deleted all of his posts, <laughs> uh, which in turn you know, deleted most of my posts because they were on that thread. Uh, and then he unfriended me, blocked me. He went to Instagram, blocked me, <laughs> unfollowed me, he went to LinkedIn <laughs> because there is no trace of any connection that we had, even on LinkedIn. He is, he is gone. I am gone from his life. He is gone from mine. He, everything is done, gone, out of there. The only thing I have is that history, the Facebook Messenger history going back to 2015. And, uh, and that's, of course, why I, again, go back to where he said, uh, you know, <laughs> he said, I have a strict policy of not friending coworkers because of PC and some of my posts. That was the first conversation we had on social media. And that, before I even saw his pro-Confederate flag nonsense, told me everything I needed to know. Because there's, I don't have any friends who have ever said that, like, yeah, I'm usually pretty hesitant to be Facebook friends with people I work with because of the shit that I say that could maybe get me fired. So I'm just going to I'm going to trust you to just be a good friend here and let me get away with my racism. And I did, which is a shitty I guess that makes me a good friend, it makes me a bad person uh by just sort of ignoring it because he's a good family man and he's a good worker and he's a good employee and he's a successful uh, fuck that. Um and somehow he's the only fat guy I know who's like mountain biking and skiing. And yeah, I guess I'm fat shaming. I'm a fat guy, so I'm allowed to do it. But uh, he's the only guy uh, I know who does as much outdoor activity as this guy does snowboarding and skiing and whitewater rafting and fucking everything else and can still be as fucking fat as a house. And that's why I like being around him too because it's like, wow, you know, I'm usually like the short fat guy in the group. So standing next to this dude was like, hey, look at this. I'm, I'm fucking Brad Pitt by comparison. And so, yeah, I guess that's, uh, you know, that last statement. Yeah, I guess uh, that, would be, that would be fat shaming. But as a fat guy, I think I'm allowed to do it. As a short guy, I think I'm allowed to do it. And as a racist, uh, I don't really give a shit what Eric looks like, but it just so happens that's, that's also it too. So I'm, I'm pretty petty, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm petty by, by mentioning that. But I don't care. I don't care. So yeah, so he's gone. He's done. <laughs> it's over. I knew it would happen eventually, but I didn't think it would be something as silly as a as this Greta Thunberg tweet. <laughs> you just never know. And as I and as I wrote on my Facebook, uh, let's see. Let me get back down to where was it? Ah, Jesus. Yeah, I said wow, and just like that, Eric Riera deleted all his posts and unfriended me. Well, maybe he'll see this and maybe not, but here's my response. Jeez, man, if you're going to post something, post it and stand by it. Like, seriously, don't be a pussy. Like, truly, man. Uh, so I posted both of the, the things that I just, you know, fired back to him. Carrie Dumas said, you are a goddamn great friend, which I appreciated. 
you're a great friend too, Dumas. And then I said, just to just to put this to to bring closure to this, I guess. I said, you never quite know when a friendship will officially come to an end. But this one is kind of sad. Eric posted a bunch of nonsense, called Greta a little snot, then implored everyone to take the high road while continuing to trash her. So he got called out by me, then deleted all his posts and fled the scene. I was always really fond of the dude. When we become friends, we become friends and we stay friends. Like I'm a, I'm a fucking, probably to a fault, I'm a loyal friend. Like, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just, it's because I've been so lucky to have so many great friends who like give back the same that I give to them. You know, it should be a 50-50 give and take. Uh, I have so many friends who like, we don't take advantage of each other. We're not, you know, it's not like this sort of, you know, Stockholm syndrome. Like I've just been friends with you for so long, even though I hate you and you're a jerk and we just remain friends. There's nothing like that. You see that with some of these people. And I guess I'm just lucky that I've I've known what true friendship means uh, really since like the day I was born because Double J was my first like non-blood-related friend, like my first true like best friend. And then throughout elementary school and high school, Shimo, Nate, Sean, like too many to name. And then I get lucky enough to have like college friends and work friends, all these friends from Barnes & Noble, all these friends from the credit union, from the banks that I've worked for, for all the places that I've worked to be able to have like all these great friends who are not just like, oh, we're friends because we work together, but we're really not like great friends. No, we're fucking friends. I sometimes forget where I met some of these people. I'm like, oh yeah, we, oh yeah, God, we were, we were just coworkers and we're like, you know, these people came to my wedding. I went to their wedding. We're like, it's crazy. So yeah. So when you got a guy like Eric, who's not actually a great friend, but has all of the sort of trademarks of the people that I'm friends with, it makes it tough. Um, but, but nevertheless, yeah, I'm a goddamn good friend. I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence about a lot of the things that I do. I know two things about me. I'm great in the sack, and I'm a great friend. And I'm a great podcaster. There's three things. Three things that I can say with certainty. Great in the sack. Podcast excellence. Tremendous friend. And so, sorry, Eric, but, like, being a great friend doesn't mean just, like, <laughs> keeping my mouth shut when you're a fucking racist. So, sorry. And by the way, it's either one or the other. Either either I was lying about the things you were saying or I stalked your Facebook page. He accused me of both, with which only one of those can be true, right? Am I right? Because if I had, if I was stalking his Facebook page then that's how I know all these things. But if I'm a liar, then why would I be accused of stalking his Facebook page? Wouldn't I be accused of just making things up that he never said or posted? Isn't that interesting? Don't you find that to be interesting? I find that to be interesting. That I'm a Facebook stalker who only uncovered lies and falsehoods by stalking his Facebook page. Huh, that's so strange. Because if I was a Facebook stalker, well, I would have gotten information from Facebook, which would mean that you are a racist because I was correct. I'm not a Facebook stalker, and I'm not a liar. I just remember the shit that you said because it was so fucking unforgettably racist and horrible and transphobic and all these other things. And you're just as one-dimensional as all the other racists because you, you write out of the same playbook pick a fake fight about a fake non-issue, get fake outraged about somebody calling an old man old, 
on his way out the door of the presidency and thinking that she should be the one to take the high ground and she should be better than that and that millions of kids, blah, blah, oh, enough with the millions of kids. Jesus Christ. If I'm going to pick two people, hey, kids, be like Greta Thunberg or be like Donald Trump. Are you fucking crazy? Be like Greta Thunberg eight days out of the week. You hear me? 25 hours a day over anything that that jackass has ever done. So, yeah, either so either I either I didn't stalk your Facebook and I'm a liar or I did stalk your Facebook and I'm right. It can't be both. I can't be a Facebook stalker who's lying. Because why would I stalk Facebook and then just come back with with lies? There had to be some stuff to be stalked. And also, why if I'm lying, if I'm wrong, why would you delete all your comments? Block the shit out of me on every platform and delete our friendship. Erase it from existence. In the off chance that I would just go and look up your Facebook profile. Huh. Well, again, Facebook ain't your diary, dude. So maybe if you don't want people to know because of PC and other things, whatever you said. Yeah, maybe it's time to just like get off Facebook. Or maybe it's time to stop being a fucking racist, Eric, because you are. You're a scumbag. I didn't want to believe it. Because we had a good time, man. It was good fun back in the day. But goddamn, you're a fucking piece of shit. I don't care how much you go to church and pray to the Lord. You're a fucking racist scumbag. I know you're not listening to the podcast, but geez, I hope you are. Because you've blocked every other method of communication with me. And this is the only way to tell my story because you fucking blocked the shit out of me because I'm right. Because you're a racist, you fucking jerk off. Anyway. So, (laughs) yeah, I said, sorry you felt that not being accountable. uh, Oh, he deleted the post. I was always fond of the dude. When we become friends, we become friends and we stay friends. This applies to anyone reading this and applied to Eric too. But I can't just let you sling your bullshit at me after years of watching your subtle and not so subtle racism and transphobia on display. Sorry you felt that not being accountable and ending the friendship was the only recourse. In fairness, I probably knew this day would come. And thusly, I avoided all of his posts to preserve the friendship. I added that parenthetically. But goddamn, I never thought it would end over such a benign thing as a Greta Thunberg tweet. Oh, well, on the plus side, that thin skin of Eric's will come in handy should Greta fail in her mission and the Earth's temperatures keep rising. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, and that's about the end of it. Uh, my buddy Brendan Ketchum, there's another good longtime friend. Uh, you know, not, not in the inner circle. No offense, Brendan. <laughs> but you know that. I'm not in your inner circle. You're not in mine. But we're good friends. He's a good dude. Really good. Great human being. A guy that I've known f- forever. Forever. And he's just as uh, just a solid fucking dude, great guy. I love to follow him on Facebook. He's just a great, great kid. Uh, he said, "Keep fighting the good fight, my man. You're not alone in losing friends. Better off for it." I agree. Except I wrote back the way I see it: no friends have actually been lost. I mean, it's true. Like, if this is if this kind of shit is going to end a friendship, it wasn't a friendship. Sorry, it was not a friendship. There was no ship filled with friends. <laughs> So it's it's fine. It's fine. So he's done. So that's the end of Eric. I've been I've been going on forever. These are long ass it's a long episode. Alright. Is that it? Do I have anything more to say about Eric? No. I, that's the last I will probably say about Eric. Oh, who are we kidding? 
I always think I'm done talking about somebody and weeks from now I'm going to bring them up and go on a 10-minute rant just repeating the same nonsense. I think we know this podcast well enough at this point, don't we? Anyway, he's done. He's gone. Uh, What would really be interesting? You know what's funny? Just out of spite, I would move back to Charlotte and get a job at that same bank just so he would have to see me every day. Now, we'd be virtual at first, I'm sure, but then he would have to see me. And that would just tickle me to no end. I, I, I yeah, it would just be. I, I, I would. I'm, I'm not even joking. Like this is how far I will take my pettiness. Is that I would move back to a place that I didn't particularly enjoy living, to get a job at a company that I actually loved. I, possibly my favorite place to ever work. So there is that. Uh, just to be able to not only see the friends that I made who are still there, but to walk in the door when that time comes and to see his stupid little round face, (laughs) to see me walking towards him, and I would smile and wave, and I'd be like, hey, what's up, man? (laughs) What's up, you fuck? Uh, It would be great because it wouldn't bother me in the least, and it would drive him bananas. It really would. Uh, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. This is definitely episode 71 because it's long enough. It's more. The NFL picks were like a million years. That was an hour ago, I think. Was it two hours ago? I don't even know. I do this. I think I'm going to do 10 minutes and then I'm, here I am. Uh, I, need to, I need to go unwind. I probably should take a walk. I'm on like a 37-day streak of 10,000 steps. Can you believe that? Can you believe it? Man. And I'm, I have nothing to show for it because I've been eating so poorly. Oh, my God. Oh, just eating anything that I can find. It's pure stress eating. I just, uh, yeah. But there's some promising things on the horizon. I hate to do it. I hate to, I hate to potentially be a short timer. But let's be honest, gang. I, I know, when you know, you know, right? I knew from second one of... Minute one of day one of being friends with Eric Riera that, wow, he's maybe not such a great person like I thought he was. Because uh, I first met him when we were in a conference room at Christmas time writing uh, nice Christmas cards to the troops. And he had a little red sweater on. I don't know this from stalking his Facebook. I know this because I just remember stuff. Stuff that sticks out to me, good and bad. I remember it because I remember like... You know, I was like, this is a nice thing. We're writing Christmas cards to the troops. I didn't really know what to write. So I'm just like, hey, have a, you know, stay, stay alive at Christmas. I don't know what I wrote. I felt terrible because I didn't know what to write. What do you write to troops? Hey, stranger, Merry Christmas. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to write. But I, uh, but Eric was there. And, you know, he was a fun, I was like, oh, this is a nice guy. Who is this guy? He's a really nice fellow. And he had a little red sweater, like a Harry Potter looking sweater. I looked like a little kid, a little big, fat, short kid, man, child, you know, it was was cute. And I I know what that's like because that's what I look like in sweaters. I'm like a short, fat guy with a beard who looks like a fat Harry Potter because when I was a kid, I looked like the real Harry Potter because I just had that round head. And that plain old round haircut and glasses and sweaters and, you know, with like khaki pants and tan slacks 
anyways, I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but anyway, hey, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, I didn't know then, but I knew from that first day of Facebook, seeing his Confederate flag posts and his little private message to me about not really wanting to be friends with coworkers because of PC. <laughs> to actually say that too, to be that aware of what a what a fucking shit person you are, to actually tell somebody like, look, dude, I'm just letting you know, my Facebook posts are bad. They're not PC, which is which is a PC way of saying uh, probably somewhere along the lines of racist and and some kind of phobic, transphobic, homophobic. I don't remember any directly homophobic things, although I'm sure there was. I just I stopped following him so long ago. I just didn't want to see what he was saying. But definitely transphobic and definitely racist. And uh, so now I get it when he said, "Hey man, I'm a." The translation is, "Hey man, I'm a racist, so I don't really want my coworkers to see." But you seem like the kind of guy who'll keep his mouth shut and just be a good friend. So, I, you're a you're a white guy. You're a fat white guy with a beard. So I'm thinking you're probably similarly racist to me, and I can get away with this stuff. Oops, I am a fat guy with a beard, and I am white. But you were a little off on some of the other things. Sorry, pal. Yeah. Anyway. But even when I was a teenager, I knew the Confederate flag was fucking racist and horrible. And I was, you know, I was always trying to fight against homophobia, even when I was like 14. Because one day I said the I said the F word in a, in a class and, a, and there was a gay person was sitting behind me and she was like, what did you what did you say? I'm like, oh, I just I was just calling him a F.A.G. And she was like, oh, okay, I just want to make sure. I'm like, why? She's like, well, I'm gay. And I'm not like a huge fan of that word. And it was like a ton of bricks in the face. Like, oh, man, yeah. Oh, yeah, people are, these people are humans that I'm, you know, just sort of casually besmirching and assuming I can just, it's not, (laughs) it's not bad. It's not racism or homophobia if nobody's around, (laughs) if no, uh, black people or or gay people are around to hear it right 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 uh, that was you know that's kind of the small town thinking like oh i can't be racist i've never i've never been racist around people who would uh who would fit that description so what's what's the big deal oh well and just like eric like you know big fan of fox news i don't know what everybody's talking about fox news is the most informative and factual i watched 2 hours of it and I think everybody's just biased against fact. Okay, okay. We get it, Eric. We get it. We get I see you. I see you, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. And I don't understand all these people. Are, yeah, loved the Fox News. He was... <laughs> oh, it's just fake outrage. Loved Alabama. I don't understand. People think Alabama is just this horrible racist place. Well, it's a very modern and progressive place. Oh, is it? Is it really? Yeah, I, that's not not what statistics would say, but okay. You know a guy. Oh, you know a guy who lives in Alabama, so it can't be a bad... You know a black guy who lives in Alabama, and therefore, whatever you say is is factual. I, I, I Just, yeah, I mean, that's that's his thing, too. I can't be this, because I know that. I can't be transphobic, because uh, a friend of a friend has a kid... Who's trans? I can't be racist because I have black coworkers, right? Right, Eric? 
you can be racist, and the proof is that you are racist, because I've seen it. I didn't want to believe it, and that was my problem, and that's what the last year has been all about, is just finally just saying, fuck you, I know we've, we've known each other for a long time, and we were friends, and we were pals, and we were this, and we were that, and maybe we're related, or maybe we're in love, whatever, I don't know, but I'm not having any of it, so... Without knowing it, I guess that was my New Year's resolution for 2020, was just to call out people who are longtime friends and family members who are giant fucking racist assholes. And that's, that's what happens. So, best of luck to Eric, I fucking hope, because you are a lovely guy to be around. If somebody doesn't know what a racist you are, you are a lovely person to be around. I hope that you fucking find some way to educate yourself. Of course, deleting your posts and blocking and running away is not a good start. But I hope, you know, I hope you fucking sit down and really think about yourself at some point. I really do, man. Because you should be better than that. I don't have any reason to believe that you are. You're probably, I don't know, but maybe, maybe there's hope for you. Just fucking, you know, think about the shit that you've posted in the past and that you've said. That's the thing, man. My Facebook is like, it's, it's private because I don't want strangers to see my kids. But as far as the shit that I've said on there... I look, I look at my Facebook memories every day. I I have nothing to delete. I have nothing to I don't care because I've never I've never said anything that I regret saying. Maybe some stuff was too harsh, but not really. It's not enough for me to go back and take it away. So if you're fucking deleting everything and running and hiding and blocking, that's that says a hell of a lot more about you, dude. All right, that's the end of episode 71. We'll see you next time on the Birthday Boy podcast. Enjoy football. Bucks, Packers, Bills, Chiefs. What a day. Huh? What a game. Two great games. I hope they're I hope they're just fantastic. I hope you enjoy them. I don't want the Bills to win, but I my I have so many friends who love the Bills and I I do want them to be they deserve after all this time, they deserve something, man. They deserve something. And the prick that I am, yes, I do want Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to, to break the hearts of Buffalo <laughs> in, a, in two weeks' time. But you know what? Hey, listen, what you're probably going to get because of me, you're probably going to get Green Bay and Buffalo in the Super Bowl. The one matchup that I'm not really that, eh, I don't, it'll still be good, but I'm just, I'm so much more intrigued by Green Bay, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Buffalo. There's just something Green Bay, Buffalo just doesn't, you know, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, you got, oh man, Buffalo hates Tom Brady, fuck you, go to that warm weather and playing in Tampa Bay, fuck you, and like, yeah, Kansas City, and just, I mean, everybody either loves Tom Brady or hates Tom Brady, so you get Brady in the Super Bowl and it's like, ah, yeah, fuck you, or yeah, go Brady. And then the Bills are just, you know, sentimental, you know, the, 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 like just been so many bad things happening to that team. Nothing good happening, I should say, and, and this is a chance for it to happen. So that's a great matchup. And then Kansas City is just always so good, you know. They're like a, they're a likable Patriots, right? They have the great star quarterback, but they're a likable team because they're just not evil like the, like the Patriots are. <laughs> and then Green Bay is just... It's just a really good football team, which is great. It just doesn't make for, like, the greatest story in a game. You want you want a villain. You want a good guy and a bad guy. If you get Buffalo and Tampa Bay, you, you, you're you all set. Um, oh, I don't know. If you get Kansas City and Tampa Bay, you got that too. Kansas City and Green Bay is only interesting because 
oh, well, these are the first two teams to play in the Super Bowl. So that's kind of, you know, it's cool from that aspect. But those, yeah, I I guess I just, you know, it'll be a good game either way. But I want, I really, for so many reasons, I want Tampa Bay to win. Uh, But who did I pick? Uh, I, I already forgot. I didn't even write it down. I picked Kansas City and Tampa Bay, right? Let me make it official and write it down. K C T B Conference Championships. Going to the Super Bowl. That's my pick. Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy football. We'll see you next time on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators.